This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Homes.com knows having the right agent can make or break your home search. That's why they provide home shoppers with an agent directory that gives you a detailed look at each agent's experience, like the number of closed sales in a specific neighborhood, average price range, and more. It lets you easily connect with all the agents in the area you're searching so you can find the right agent with the right experience and ultimately the right home for you. Homes.com. We've done your homework. Hey, it's Russell Peters, and you're listening to Culturally Cancelled. This week, we're talking about roots, whether they started in L.A. or Canada. Listen, we have my dear friend, a guy who I respect the hell out of. I've also known him since he was a teenager. Um, As far as I'm concerned, he's the best interviewer in the world. I think he's fucking incredible. My man George Strombolopoulos is on the show with me today. He's a renowned journalist, radio presenter, television presenter. He's Canada's boyfriend. He's currently a radio host on the CBC Music Show, The Strombo Show, and the Apple Music series, The House of Strombo. Listen, the more he gets, the more I think the world is in a better place. George Strombolopoulos is a gem. He's so welcome in my world, and I love the guy dearly. Also on the show, we have my dear friend, my cigar partner, my neighbor, Bentley Kyle Evans is one of the major players in the entertainment industry as a producer, writer, director, and actor. Well, let's not overdo the actor part. He was the showrunner of Martin, the creator and showrunner of The Jamie Foxx Show. He has a new show, Dad, Stop Embarrassing Me, coming to Netflix on April 14th. He is a force to be reckoned. This guy is the real deal, and him and I, on the low, we're working on something, guys. Don't trip, chocolate chip. In this episode, we compare Canada and L.A. upbringings. We talk about cops, Little Richard. We talk about our origin stories. And I really think you're going to dig it because I like to put people together that wouldn't normally be together. Why would Bentley Evans and George Strombolopoulos and Russell Peters be sitting in a backyard together? I'll tell you why. For Culturally Canceled. Hey, welcome to Culturally Canceled. I'm your cancelably cultured man, Russell Peters. Um, today with me are my two very good friends who, uh, who I, I, thought, I thought this would be fun to put two people uh, together. I like putting people together. And uh, so with me on my uh, right is, is Bentley Evans Sr., uh, creator of the Jamie Foxx show, uh, Martin, and many other wonderful TV shows. Legendary cat, kind of a bane in the ass, but whatever. He's my friend. And uh, what <laughs> up, Ben? Bit, just a little bit. Just a little bit. There you go. And uh, on my left is a friend of mine I've known since uh, 
I guess we were teenager. He was a teenager. I must have been in my early 20s mm -hmm. then. Yeah, you must have been like 18. I would have been 20. I think so, yeah. yeah. only a couple of years separating us. And uh, and 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 he's a legendary cat from Canada. Um, Mr. George Strombolopoulos, a.k.a. Yorgo, a.k.a. Strombo. My man. And we're here hanging out in the backyard. So if you hear helicopters and planes, uh, that's real. We keep that shit real because we do this shit outside. I'm, Bentley and I are having cigars. George is having a vegan coffee because that's, that's what fucking George is. Yeah. Courtney, our producer's here, courting it up. She's Court. a vegan or a freegan, as she calls herself. Yes, sometimes I have milk. Well, yeah, and I'll, listen, I, I think I would do it if I, could, uh, if I could still have butter and milk and cream and ice cream. I'm like, you I could. It's I, called a vegetarian. Oh, I guess, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or you could have oat milk. And and that's 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 it tastes like good. dog shit. Yeah. I had oat milk the other day. It's not bad. Like nah, no, nah, I don't want it's not good. bad. I want my milk to just taste like fucking water. It doesn't taste like that. <laughs> yeah, I don't want no aftertaste from my milk. All right, all right. That makes sense. <laughs> you know, I'll drink chocolate almond milk. Yeah. Because it's good. like, yeah, it's like having chocolate covered almonds in a glass. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I'll do that tonight. That's a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> also, Eddie's here uh, in case we have any questions we need uh, Eddie to do research on. And uh, we have. Um, Eddie's cousin Ernesto is sitting in today. Ernesto. So George and uh, Bentley were talking right before we got on the air and say, hey, save that conversation. Let's get that popping again. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me what you were talking Just about. saying that I think that Jamie Foxx is the greatest living entertainer. And while I think there are a lot of people who can do a lot of things really well, I can't think of one person who can kick at the level that Jamie can in every single category. Um, and also do it with this generosity of spirit. He's a powerhouse. And then after I said all that, you say, and he could throw football the length of a field. Yeah. I didn't know that. So oh, like really? he can do everything. He can do everything. He he can, I mean, listen, the guy can sing. He's classically trained on the piano. Mm -hmm. He can sing opera. Uh, he can act his ass off. Mm -hmm. I mean, the Oscar says that. That's right. He can, uh, He's you know, he can, like I said, he can throw football. He can play basketball pretty decent. Mm -hmm. uh, he, he can do it all. And so I was trying to think about who is and his impersonations that? are dead that's, on. That's the other part, yeah. his impersonations. I, I don't, dead on yeah. when he did that fucking LeBron when I was dying. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that LeBron yeah. one, because I was like, that's one I didn't, when he did it, I was like, fuck. Yeah. That's when they said he's going to play Mike Tyson. I go, I could totally see him becoming Mike Tyson. Well, you know, my, my, my thought behind that was, is Jamie too old to play that? But he still has, he still looks yeah. youthful enough to pull that yeah, off. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Jamie's the same age as Mike Tyson, isn't he? Yeah, but uh, he'd be playing <laughs> Mike Tyson younger. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. Jamie yeah. don't look like, I mean, Jamie could, Mike had a very mature look at 20. He did. You know what I mean? Mike didn't look like a 20-year-old kid. He looked like a grown pit bull. Yeah. 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 You know, yeah. Jamie also has this uh, ability to um, make people around him better on camera and a lot of times you see a really great actor and they steal the scene jamie doesn't steal scenes J jamie creates a space where everybody wins on camera that's a really unique really unique ability yeah you know the the crazy thing about jamie is that you know he's he's a very generous guy when he likes you so yeah. he keeps his circle small he uh He's he's very much a guy that's big, big, big out in the out in the open. But and you know, and he's at home. He keeps his circle small. But the people that you know that he messes with, <laughs> those are the people that he messes with. And I've been working with him now for twenty uh, about twenty six years. And uh, our relationship, he, I feel like Jamie's like a distant relative. <laughs> he's like he's like my seventh cousin. You know what I mean? <laughs> You've known him a long time. Known him yeah. a long time. Yeah, at least about thirty years. Just about. How about House Party, though, because I was an usher at a movie theater when House Party opened. And that Wait, movie were you were in a House Party, Bentley? I was in House Party. Yeah. I'm going to show you. I got to show you this scene. It's 
it, it won't go away. It's just still out there on the internet. Uh, I don't remember you in it. Yeah, so I'll tell you, and then you'll go, oh, maybe you remember that that the one little thing where in the bathroom, the toilet got clogged up. Oh, yeah, is that you? Yeah, and <laughs> and they're all blaming me on clogging up the toilet, and I'm like, what, me? You know, that kind of thing. And I'm like, look at the log in that motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, so it was my first speaking role that actually made it to the screen. Amazing. I had a couple of other ones before that. You uh, got cut from? Yeah, yeah. editing room floor on, I'm gonna get you sucker. Yeah. And uh, really, he was in I'm Good You Suck? Yeah, yeah. I, was, I worked on the whole movie. I was Keenan stand in, and he gave me some lines. Oh, nice. And then I, I got my SAG card in Hollywood Shuffle. I'm all through the movie, but I have no speaking lines. They cut out. They I think Hollywood Are you Shuffle. Visual? Are you visible in yeah. that? Yeah, yeah. I was 19 years old. I'm visible, I'm visible in that movie. <laughs> that movie is that movie is the Bible in that it's, it, it's a prophet, that movie. Like, people need to watch. That movie is one of our favorite movies ever. I didn't know that you were in that. Fuck, yeah, that movie's amazing. Yeah, that's how I got into business wow. through that through that film. So Robert wow. Townsend, right? Yeah, I yeah. dropped out. I dropped out of junior college to go work on that film. You made the right call. I think you so. made the right call. I, I had so. a meeting with. I was telling Bentley the other day. I had a meeting with Robert Townsend a couple of years ago, about two years ago, um, to see if he let me do a remake of Hollywood Shuffle, <clears throat> based from the my, my, from the South Asian side, right? Uh, called Bollywood Shuffle, whatever we would call it. You yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> but I wanted to do it like to show that the exact same story exists with a different bunch of people. Right. How did he how did he feel about that? He's he he was like, you know, your story's way better. Like I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, I want to tell your life story. I go, that's great. That's a separate thing, but I really want to really do your movie. But I don't want to press him too much because, you know, I get it. You know, he doesn't want somebody to he's been he's been guarded with it for so long. Right. I mean it's just and since I've film. never done anything like that, I mean, I wouldn't trust me either for fuck's sake. You know, <laughs> no, I think you should make that film though, or a version of that film. I definitely would like yeah. to, but I would. I wanted his blessing to do it. You know what I mean? Because I didn't want to do it. Well, I'm going to do it anyway. I don't want to be that guy. Right. Yeah. And I respect Robert too much to just be a punk about it. Right. Yeah. 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 Right. You could do. And he's so nice. I mean, you know. Oh my God, he's the so nicest nice. guy on the planet, man. Yeah. yeah, yeah like yeah. I'm not going to do it. I mean, I'm not going to disrespect disrespectful of the guy ever. You know. I mean, everybody was in that movie. Everybody's in Hollywood Shuffle. So Hollywood Shuffle, I think, let, let, don't quote me on this, but I believe it was the movie that had the highest rate of Taft Hartleys to get into SAG through that film. So Robert goes on record for putting the most people in the Screen Actors Guild at that time. I don't know if it's been surpassed by right. now, but at that time, that was a fact. Amazing. And I was one of those folks, man, that slid in the door. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I didn't even know what a Taft Hartley was. It's just like, it's, it's almost like a waiver kind of thing. I guess it's like an induction. Yeah. You get uh, accepted in, you know, so. Yeah, because you needed a certain amount of movies before, right, to do it. Well, it, But if it, you're a person of, of color, you needed less <laughs> because there was less available. Yeah, but the way the way that it works is it's like uh, the Screen Actors Guild is, is tricky. It's that, it's that catch 22 where you have to have a speaking role to get in. Yeah. But you have to have you have to get in one to get a speaking role. That's right. So it's like. uh when you make an independent film and then that film becomes a union film, mm -hmm. everybody in the film has to become union. That's amazing. Yeah. Oh, nice. It's like a big foul swoop. Townsend shot this whole shit on his uh, on his credit card. Really? Man. He yeah. told me that. Yeah. That's insane. You know what, it, Russell, it was so funny because I remember like Townsend would give us walkie talkies and say, go stand out on the corner of Pico and La Brea. If you see the police coming, here's <laughs> the code word. Because we did, we had no- No permits. None. Amazing. Isn't that where the winky dinky dog was? Yeah. yeah. No, on Fairfax? No, the winky dinky dog, it Hold wasn't- on, a, my helicopter's flying by. Oh, well, that's okay. 
Hey, there's Russell's friend. Winky, dinky dog. Winky, dinky dog. Winky, dinky dog. Because <laughs> the hoes got to eat too. Hoes got to eat. Oh, that movie. Whole oh cake, whole God. cake. John was incredible. Beats us on <laughs> Wednesdays. Feeds us on <laughs> Thursdays. And closes us on Saturday. Whatever the line was. No, um, Winky, dinky dog was on uh, Slauson and Western. It was this little small spot there. And uh, every time I tell people that, they go, no, it wasn't. It was, I'm like, I was there. Trust me, I know where it was. Because <laughs> there's a spot on Fairfax that looks like it. Mm -hmm. Is it Okie Dog? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. it's Okie Dog. But no, Winky Dinky Dog was just this little shithole, man. And it had this little area with like, it was fenced in. It was really weird, man. Uh, it was right in the smack. And it was a real place. Of, yeah, but it wasn't called that. Right, no, obviously not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was just some... Yeah, smack dab in the middle of the hood. Yeah. Yeah. That's where you want to shoot. In the, yeah. Oh, yeah. In the mid-80s. Shoot and get shot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Two shootings, one <laughs> one bill. <laughs> yeah. It was amazing. What was that like, though, shooting then there, knowing that it was independent and knowing that no one was making films like that? Well, you got to understand, I, who knew what, I didn't even know what independent meant. I yeah. don't know any of that stuff, man. I'm telling you, I was at Santa Monica College fucking up, man. Yeah. You know, like. What were you taking? I don't even remember, Probably man. Probably acid. I, I, you know what I did? It, <laughs> I used to go to Santa Monica because they had great pancakes in the, in, in the, you know, like in the little cafeteria. So I used to go meet my friends and we would just sit outside and just bag on everybody that walked by just talking <laughs> shit. And so I was good at that. Yeah. And uh, my buddy met Robert Townsend and he said he wanted to volunteer on his film. So he, he called me up and said, hey, man, you want to be in Hollywood? And I was like, eh, that shit sounds corny, right? Was Robert in anything before that? Yeah. Soldier Story. That's right. Yeah. That's the first place I ever saw him. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So when I went over his house and met him for the first time, I was like, oh, shit, that's dude from Soldier Story. You know what I mean? But he was so cool, man. Real cool. Dude. So did he answer the the door in his bath bathrobe for you or his towel? Yeah, you know, <laughs> that's crazy. Uh, you have your facts right. I, um, so my Courtney's buddy, a factor. She's a factor. And this, there, this was some crazy shit. I mean, I'm not going to take up. This is not about me. So I'm not going to make up, take up that time. But I was... Right before I went to Robert's house, I was in the middle of a of a shootout. There was literally some some gang members shooting at this park. And me and my buddy, Tommy, were underneath a car trying not to get hit, right? This guy comes up there with this low rider. He gets out. He's got a, a sawed-off shotgun. He's just letting a pow, pow. He's just letting off shots. Just wide spray from that gun, too. You can't even run from that. You can't run from it. Yeah. And 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 some other cats were trying to be brave. Like, you didn't gonna come to my neighborhood and do all that. Yeah. I was like, just get under the car. Yeah. So after it was over, you know, we were just talking about, damn, man, our life could be over just like that, right? And he goes, uh, you ever heard of this dude named Robert Townsend? I said, no. And he goes, well, he's doing this movie and uh, I can introduce you if you want to get in because, man, you know, man, we're going to get killed being on the streets. So we literally- And you weren't even from the hood. That's the best nah, part. Nah. Well, you know what? So the hood is so funny in LA because all the hoods got palm trees and shit. So you can't even really determine what's- It's a tough one to have a distinction with. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I was from the hills, Windsor Hills, but just below was Crenshaw. Right. And they did not play. They knew we weren't from there. Get your ass back up that hill, hills boy. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But then we went to Robert's house right after that. Tommy goes, let's go meet this guy. So we Where was Robert living? Robert was living on, uh, on Crenshaw. Oh, he was in the hood. No, no. He was way up Wilshire. Mm. So he was living on a street called Windsor, mm -hmm. uh, one block over from, uh, from Crenshaw. Mm. And he had a nice little apartment and, uh, so we go up there and knock on his door. You know, we don't, we don't know. I'm 19 and he opens the door and he's got on a towel 
he just got out of the shower and he's like, yeah. And I'm like, uh, yeah, we, you know, we, we came to, uh, you know, we, we came to sign up for Hollywood. He said, what? Uh, and then Tommy walks up behind me. Hey, Robert, remember me? And he's like, yeah, what, what do you guys want? So we were like, man, we want to be in the film business. What, what do we got to do? And so Robert says, well, you know what? Tomorrow, if you're serious, you'll be here at 6 a.m. and you'll have a, bo a box of donuts. I'll know you're serious then. So I went and got that money from my mom's. Yeah. Got that donut. And I was there at 530. And I was like, yo, man, I'm, I'm down. So he taught me just by working on that, sh that movie all about show business. You think, though, how if he didn't, if he wasn't open to that, how different your life might have been? Just the fact that there's this guy with a bit of experience. He wasn't super experienced either at the time, right? No, he just wanted to make something. He, he was passionate. Passionate. And he looks at you and he's like, all right, you want in? You can get in. Just an act of kindness from somebody. Well, I mean, it wasn't that easy because he wasn't he wasn't extremely friendly towards me at first. He was always a nice guy, but yeah. it was like I a was a little apprehensive. Of, yeah, and I was like a yeah. pest, you know, like yeah. you know, I'm, I'm around hanging out. You're like and, 19, right? Yeah, 19. And I'm going, Rob, can I come over tomorrow? And he's like, Nah. <laughs> <laughs> but but look at what happened. Yeah, I mean, you know, after I worked on the film for two years for free, and so that movie took two years. Yeah, a little bit longer, about two and a half years. But so it came out in 87, so he must have shot in 85? He started shooting it in 85. He wow. shot, you know, pieces when he could afford to buy more film ends and, yeah. and stuff. So it just took that time, you know. It was like, shoot three days now. We'll get some money. We'll shoot in about a month. And it, it was very sporadic how it how it, no, it wasn't yeah. like a really full, proper film shoot. Oh, no, 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 no. It's no. a masterpiece. Mm -hmm. it's, it's still a masterpiece, that mm -hmm. film. That was a great movie because there's that you know, Eddie Murphy scene. And then there's the audition scene, remember? Yeah. Where's, give me your wallet. Give me your wallet. <laughs> yeah. And, and there's the school of black actors. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> black acting school. Yeah. <laughs> like that's the same shit the Indian guys are going through. Like, I mean, I, I honestly feel like my agents get like a call and it'll be like, uh, we're looking for like a Russell Peters type. My own agent's probably like, we got Aziz. I'm like, well, that's hilarious. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, but... We need a Russell Peters type. Yeah. Hmm. We have Russell Peters. Mm -mm. Got anything else? I'm like, you just said fucking Russell Peters. I mean, you know, whatever. But that's the way the business goes. It's it's a, such a shitty business. It's a shitty business. It I, is. Uh, I'm also really interested to see what kind of independent movies, that what scene comes out of India at, at, at some point. Because there's so many experienced crew there. They make films at an unbelievable pace. Yeah. But, I mean, it depends on... Uh, now here's the thing, and when you get to the crews, it's got to be like, yeah, because uh, like the, they shoot very differently, so the way they light yeah. is different, and so to get them to make that adjustment to try and make cinematic movies as opposed to Bollywood films right. is going to be the trick, and that's that's where you get the new blood in, you know, that's the new kids who come in with the different ideas. And I remember interviewing Amir Khan, and he he created a big stir because he just wanted to shoot one movie a year. Because everybody expected to shoot so many films there. And he's like, no, I'm just going to do one movie a year. But I know actors in Hollywood, big stars like him, they're not doing a movie a year. Right. There's no chance they're going to work a couple them. of years. Yeah. You know, and, but the pace there was just out of control. Oh, yeah. They shoot and, they, and there's no hours. It's not like, oh, we're going to do a 12, 12 hours, guys, we're done. Yeah. No. Oh, yeah. It doesn't matter. Is it true that they uh, can shoot a film from beginning to actually having, having it in the theater in, in a month? I don't know about that, but I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah. You know, they're on that soap opera schedule, maybe, right? It's kind of how soap yeah. operas roll. 
Mm-hmm. So maybe that's what. So, but doing. don't the actors get their fucking lines the day of? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They do, they get right? one take to to do it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's crazy, and and people make fun of them. I'm like, you can't make fun of them. Right. That you're literally watching a cold read. Right. And they're beast at it too. Yeah. 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 That's yeah, they're the hardest working people in Hollywood for sure. Yeah. In terms of in the film business. Yeah. 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 Actors are. It's very difficult anyway. That's why I knew the day I met Robert what I wanted to do. I knew that I don't want to be an actor. Let's just start there. Yeah. I want to be creative. I want to write. I want to produce and direct. I knew that the the very first time I set foot on a set, the acting thing, I, you know, I feel very lonely. You know, that's that's the thing about what Russell does going up on stage and doing stand up. It's the scariest place that I can imagine being. You, you don't have to imagine it. You used to do it. Yeah, but but never <laughs> never in front of an arena full of people. Oh man, I know. But that's a different time. I mean, you've already put in your work and. Now you know they're already there to see you. The the reason you get nervous is because you're not sure how they're going to react to you. Mm-hmm. When you're playing if in front you know of a they're small already group. there for you, you're mm-hmm. like, well, all I got to do now is not disappoint them. Right. <laughs> That's literally your only your only goal at that point is do not disappoint these people. Sixteen thousand people came to see you because they like you. Don't fucking let them down. Yeah, I'll tell you. I back in the day, I saw I saw Russell at a place called Yuck Yucks in Toronto, which is was at Young and Eglinton, kind of a a famous comedy club in the city. It's a club Jim Carrey started at. Oh, is that right? Yeah, yeah. and it's a small basement club, right? Um, and I saw Russell there. This is, I mean, forever ago. And then, decades later, one subway ride down, you sold out the hockey rink. You sold out the, the home of the Raptors. Oh yeah, yeah. A couple nights in a row, and it was just a subway ride down. So I was just thinking about how. I remember seeing Russell. You and you think you hosted that night too, probably. Yeah, and it was just a small night. Yeah, and then decades later, this and no comedian in Canada has ever pulled off what he's done. Yeah, to be able to do that, arenas across the nobody can do that. No, only Russell. Not to toot my own horn, but seven times. So, yeah. so, so <laughs> that's right. But I mean, what do you? I mean, I do want to get the facts out there. Yeah, but I mean, since we are talking about it, guys, I'm just saying. How is that though? I mean, seriously, when it's your hometown, it means more to you. Yeah. I, yeah. I can't, I mean, I can't understand how that happened. It was a meteoric rise for you. So what do you attribute that to? The, um, well, it's different. See, in Toronto, I had already had like the local following. Like I was already like, in the, especially in the black community in Toronto, I had, it, that was like, that's where I grew up. That's the people I grew up with. And then Kenny Robinson started a black comedy night on Sunday, it started in April of 95. And, uh, and that's 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 what really I found my I found like, oh, I can be me up here now. So once I found out I could be me up there, that's when I I really started working hard on those shows because I would want to do a different set every month. You don't in, in the United States, so much of comedy is based around race. Right. And there's so much about that. That's not really how it works in Canada. You have had a little bit of the French English stuff, but you didn't you don't really have a lot of comedy based on race. And no one feels comfortable going on and being hyper offensive unless it's that old school white guy kind of offensive, yeah. which quickly played out. So Russell, I, I mean, from my perspective, watching you, you rise in, in, in the game was you were able to and comfortable enough to say things that people wouldn't say, but you never came across as a guy who had a background privilege or racism in you. You just, for obvious yeah. reasons, but you showed up and you said shit that people wouldn't say and Canadian comics wouldn't do what Russell did. And because he's international and the neighborhood that he grew up in Brampton. So I'm, I'm from Malton, which is right next door. He's in the town next to me. It, it's very, um, it's very ethnically diverse, but it's still very much. You're your own ethnicity. 
So you didn't... Well, especially at the time we grew up, in the 70s, my town was blue collar as fuck. Big time. And it was... Auto like plants white. up there and... Yeah, white, really white, like white, trashy white, and black. Mm-hmm. and But immigrant black, like Caribbean. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, and there was not very many Indian people at all in my hometown then. They were my, they my hometown, Malton. Well, Malton was really Italian at one point. And then became very Indian, and all the Italians moved to Woodbridge, the neighborhood yeah. over. <laughs> Your town became a mirror of my town because it became really Indian and became really, really black. And then... I remember like uh, in like 84, uh, Westwood, your school. Did you yeah. go to Westwood? I went to Ascension, but 83 is when I moved there. Oh, Malta. really? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, Westwood, I remember they came to play us. Uh, I think one of their teachers was a wrestler and one of our teachers was a wrestler and they wanted to wrestle each other. So the schools got together and I remember it was breakdancing time and this one guy came and they came and they were like, this there was this white guy named Billy. I forgot his last name, but Billy was the, the coolest white boy I'd ever seen in my life. Mm-hmm. Like he had all the fly shit on. He came to a house party in Brampton. I was like, yo, who the fuck is that guy? <laughs> he had on like the dope shell toes with the perfect fat laces, the perfectly creased fucking straight leg jeans he had like i don't know if they were red or whatever yeah. he had like the cool pants on remember they were two-tone one color in front one color at the back oh, i love it and he had so on like a white golf glove and a and the right kangle and the kazals i was like and he was dancing the right way and i was like yo i want to fucking look like that guy and where's billy today i don't know where <laughs> today, but i was just like yo that motherfucker was cool but- as shit and like and he wasn't getting hate from nobody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like even the black dudes was like, yo, that's a cool motherfucker right there. <laughs> I think he even had a cane with him. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> just on some cool shit. And you're like, God damn, how did he get all that? They were really interesting neighborhoods because it was it was so diverse, but you were your own thing. And no one was trying to be, you know, you, you it's Canada, but you were your ethnicity. Sure. You were your ethnicity first. Um, yeah. And I think that really that really resonated. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash iHeart. That's LifeLock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. 
Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. L.A., uh, it's, it's, it's funny. It was a whole different experience. You know, he said uh, it was a lot of black immigrants there. Yeah. I don't think I met a black immig- yeah. <laughs> immigrant until I was an adult down well, there. And it was Caribbean, right? So, yeah, yeah. Jamaican, uh, Trini, Haitian. Yeah. Like, that was our. That was the neighborhood, yeah. Well, I didn't Haitian. even know. We didn't really have that many Haitians. We were mostly in Montreal. Yeah, we had Haitians, yeah, yeah. 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 Jamaican, Trini, Guyanese. I, I met yeah. all those. A lot of Guyanese, yeah. There but, was this one dude that punched me in my face one time. He was from Jamaica. He was a big fucking guy. He wore a size 13 in the sixth grade. And I was talking shit to him. <laughs> and, I, and, and my friends told me to hit him with a can of 7-Up. So I had a can of 7-Up in a, in a paper bag. And he said some shit to me. Uh, you know, we were teasing him about his shoes and shit. And, I, and he, he ran up on me and I swung this thing at him. And the bag ripped and, they, and the soda went away. Oh. And he punched me right in the face. You had it coming. <laughs> you had it coming. <laughs> and you were more mad about losing the 7-Up? Yeah. <laughs> that was my, that was the fucking roughest part. Because... Black dudes are fucking growing up is it they play different. And you'd be enjoying your fucking I remember eating an ice cream sandwich. We walking home from the store and I'm at that last bite and motherfucker slapped my hand. I want I saw a red. I wanted to fucking kill him. I chased this motherfucker home after I was so mad. It was the last bite. And he was, was laughing his ass off. Oh yeah. He's so mad. Why are you so mad? Motherfucker, I was enjoying the shit out of that. And I didn't have money to go get a second one. Yeah, I'll tell you a funny story uh, that happened to me. Um, I was, I'm in the ninth grade. Mm-hmm. I'm at Baskin and Robbins. And same thing happened to me. I ordered, like, I saved my lunch money and mm-hmm. went to Baskin and Robbins. And I had a hot fudge Sunday or something like that. And I brought it out. And I'm talking shit. Yeah, I got the Sunday. Fuck them little cones. I got yeah. the Sunday. And this one dude said, bap, and knocked it right out of my <laughs> hand, right? Watch this. Here comes this root beer brown Mercedes Benz, big body, pulled into a parking space. And Magic Johnson gets out the car. And I said, oh, shit, it's Magic. This is when Magic's 1920, second year yeah. with the Lakers, when he's a superstar oh in LA. My God. And I, I said, hey, what's up, Magic? He said, what's up? I said, hey, motherfuckers knocked my ice cream out of my hand. He said, oh, damn, that's a tough break. Damn, that's a tough break. So he said, come on inside. So he, he bought me another one. Come on. Wow, that's dope. And I've never told Magic the story. You really should tell Magic That's the story. That's amazing. Because you guys are friends. Yeah, I've never I've never told him that story. Oh I don't know God. why you've never told him that story. Because I always forget about it. Because it's like I met him on a, a whole different right. uh, you know, level. So it's like you forget about that until he said that story. That's I forgot magic. about that. I was in LA when I was 18. I, don't, I didn't meet Magic, but when I was 18, I was walking down Hollywood Boulevard and this car pulls up beside me, like a Bentley pulls up beside me. And this guy in the back goes, son, 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 come here, come here, come here. And I look over at the car, and I'm just a teenager. And I, I walk up to the window, and uh, this guy says, son, I want to introduce you to the Lord Jesus Christ. And I looked at him, I went, you fucking little Richard? And he's like, oh, how about he's that? like, I am. And I said, okay, what? He said, have you met Jesus? And I went, Mr. Richard, my mother's really religious, so I, I have. 
I have I grow up around Jesus. Like, like, well, I want to give you my book. And I said, okay. And he hands me his book and he shakes my hand. He holds it. And then he says, God bless you, son. And the car peels but away. But does he say more like, no, son, let me introduce you. To, I got to introduce yeah. you to Jesus. He was son. very little Richard. I'm going to introduce oh, yeah. you yeah, to Jesus. Yeah, I didn't want to do that voice. But yes, I'm glad you did. It was very yes, little Richard. Honey, yes, Come meet Jesus. He's in the back seat. It was incredible. Louis like, Anderson has a really great little Richard story. Louis, I don't know the story. I don't remember the story clearly, so I don't want to butcher it. But he told me a really funny little Richard story one night. Yeah, little Richard used to just roll the street. Yeah, and apparently, yeah, hand he, books there was one stuff. of those yeah. types of stories yeah. as well. Yeah, you know, he lived next door to the comedy store. Yeah, that's exactly what he told me. Yeah, wow. Yeah, yeah he said in, in the Rock and Roll Hyatt. Yeah, he yeah. did for many years, and not like a high up, like a third or fourth floor or some shit. Yeah, just had a spot. Oh, I love that. I so love I wonder, that. do you think they paid for him to live there? Like the hotel just gave him a break because it's little the Richard? fucking label probably paid while they were robbing his ass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Shady ass record labels. Yep. Fucking little Richard, the best. Is the you know the king of rock and roll. He, he I worked with him once. He did an episode. He did an episode of Martin. He did played he? this uh, rat exterminator, and he had on this blinged out jumpsuit, and he came and played the piano, and he was. He called me Tolly. This is what he said to me. He said, "I said, hey, how you doing, Richard?" He goes, "Hi, Tolly." Oh yeah. <laughs> Hi, Tolly. Hi, Tolly. And so he 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 uh, he said. He's, what did he say? He, he said this little saying, and I stole it, and I did it on the Martin Show. He said, he's a small piece of leather, but he's so well put together. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> and so I did that when I played this. I uh, played the gay guy on the yeah. Martin Show. I was hitting on Martin, and I, and I used that line on him, and it scored. Oh, that's that amazing. <laughs> yeah, Little Richard's it, man. Little Richard, you know, learns from Esperanza, but essentially, be, is, well, I heard someone say when he passed that, he was like the king and the queen of rock and roll. <laughs> yeah. Like Little Richard, that's what they said. Like Little Richard is kind of ground zero for all of us. For music. I mean, really? Yeah. I mean, you know what's funny is because of the music he made, nobody ever really made a big deal about him being gay. I don't think ever it was ever mentioned while he was alive. No. I don't recall it. Yeah. No. No. Yeah. It was just great. He was just like inspiration. Yeah. It was inspiration. Yeah. So he, he, like, he inspired like everybody. Yeah, everybody. Man. Everybody. Him yeah. and Chuck Berry. Yep. Yeah. What about uh, Hendrix? Mm-hmm. I'm sure Hendrix had a little bit of that from him. And so did uh, what's our other guy? Uh, uh, Prince. Prince. Oh, yeah, for yeah. sure. Oh, for Prince, sure. Come on. Yeah, man. for Prince sure. Prince is obvious. Yeah, yeah. yeah Prince even sure. said he loved Little Richard. Yeah. Like the fl- uh, like all the flash of, of Little Richard, and then he liked the, the funk of Rick James and, yeah, he was and, and the guitar style of Jimi Hendrix. You know, Prince had, Prince never once hid who his inspirations were. Yeah. And you never felt like Little Richard was trying to play somebody else's game for music. Yeah. Little Richard we were playing his game. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was all him. I saw him in concert once with Chuck Berry and it was wild. Had to be. Yeah. You saw Chuck Berry live too? Chuck Berry, Bo Diddley, Chuck Berry, Bo Diddley, Little Richard uh, one night and Jerry Lee Lewis was supposed to show up but they said he got sick. I found out later, I interviewed a guy in his band I think he was just too fucking high to make the plane. What year was this? It was like 89, 88, something like that. And he was still too high? Yeah, that's what what his bandmate said at the time. (laughs) Yeah. But but Chuck Berry was obviously, and mean too. Chuck was mean, which is what I liked about him on stage. He didn't give a fuck. He turned, he was at the Skydome in Toronto and everybody was playing to this big background monitor. Chuck Berry was like, that's not rock and roll, turn it off. So he, everybody had to look at him on the stage. You could barely see him. Wow. But yeah, he was just amazing. And Bo yeah. Diddley too. But Little Richard slayed. Had to be. Yeah, it had to be incredible. Slayed that show. Wasn't, there, the, wasn't there a Chuck Berry sex tape that came out? <laughs> yeah, I think it was. Yeah, uh, was. It, well, I think he had cameras at his theme park. Yeah, something was, no, at his house. It was in his. Uh, no, I think he used to like the, uh, he used to like the shit on girls or some yeah. shit like that. Or he, Apparently he had cameras above the toilet so yeah. you could watch the flush. Yeah. 
Oh man, I was that, watching an episode of what's that, that some shit? American <laughs> American Dad, and there Eddie, was Eddie pulled scene. it up, and you spelled Chuck Betty, I think Eddie. Hey, Chuck Betty. <laughs> there it is, right there. You know, I I heard. Oh yeah, there's a chick eating his ass. I think hilarious. That's fucking gross. Can we talk about some nasty? shit? Oh, here he's like pissing that? on her in the other one. Oh wow. Oh yeah, yeah. Chuck, that's just nasty, Chuck. dog. But he could play the hell out of the guitar. I would yeah. describe what we're all looking at, but I don't think anyone really wants to know. No, um, no. Yeah. Google it. There are dirty things about Chuck Berry. Um, there's, I heard, some, there's some foul Googles out yeah. there. Remember yeah. when I showed you? Did I yeah. show you the one last night? Yeah, you did. Which one? The, uh, 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 um, you showed me something. What, what was it that? Uh, no, no, you told me about it. Yeah, when you, you Google, uh, this is, wait, wait, this is, so this is, I, somebody sent me this and I go, why would you send me? I don't even know. Like, No, no, you it, didn't show it to me. Oh, get your phone, Bent. I'm not even going to tell you what it is. Okay. Go to Google. <laughs> okay. And now in your search, type in uh, science fiction movie made, or is it space movie? Space movie. Space movie made in 1992. Well, this is fun. People can play this at home. Yep. Uh, don't get mad at me. I didn't, I didn't come up with, the, with, with what the answer is. So it is. Oh, my God. I can't say what uh, gay nigger. That is hysterical. <laughs> and see, I can say it. I can say that. Yeah, that's why I let you do it. So you let me say it. Yeah, so read I, the title. It's gay nigger, 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 nigger. Gay niggers from outer space. I have to see that. <laughs> like, that's the answer for space movie made in 1992. Oh, my God. On goodness. Google. Have you seen? No, movie? but somebody sent me that and I go, I, I go, uh, and somebody put, I thought it would have been Apollo 13. <laughs> <laughs> it, got, look, it got it got six out of ten on IMDb. Yeah, eighty so, percent like this movie. There you go, Would Master also- Fat Man. Oh, f- we have to have a movie night over here and watch that shit. Uh, extraterrestrial beings travel the galaxy to free men oppressed by females to make way for an entirely <laughs> homosexual society. <laughs> That's it's an important funny. film. It happened. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> well, I wonder you know if what that works be. if you told Siri, if you asked Siri, you think that that would be the answer? I wonder if Siri, yeah, Siri couldn't say I'm that word. I'm going to ask her? Siri can't say that word, right? Let's, let's see. Let's, no. let's see what, let's see what Siri says. Inter- you know, I thought they were connected. I always thought that the internet and Siri were let me, connected. Well, when you say it on Google, it always spells it K-N-I-G-G-E, Knig. Wait, wait Let's see what happens. Ready? <laughs> hey, Siri. What space movie was made in 1992? May the odds of these movies being what you wanted be ever in your favor. MST3K, Teenagers from Outer Space. MST3K, Manhunt in Space. No, it doesn't come up on Siri. Yeah, I'm, 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 it only comes up on Google. I'm grateful that it doesn't. Yeah, gay niggas from outer space is the funniest shit I've ever heard in but my wait, entire but life. Master Fat Man, I'm just looking at a picture from far away, is. What's the a white guy? Yeah, is he a white guy? The, the gay director? ambassador, it says. He's a Danish, Danish guy, a white guy that made that movie, directed that film. Wow. Mm. I mm. think he's the director. Mm. No. I, I mean, I don't know. I just I don't know how to feel about that. He, yeah, he's the director. I feel badly about that. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't sit well. <laughs> no, it doesn't wow. sit well at all. Master uh, Fat Man. Oh Although God. all the other space movies were also category, it was like you know, teenagers and there was like from space. It was always someone from space. Right. Remember Homeboys in Outer Space? Yeah. Wasn't that in like 94? Uh, Homeboys in Outer Space came in 96. Was it, it 96 it, that it, late? It, look, Wasn't that Flex? It was Flex. Flex and Daryl Bell. Uh, I can't think of the guy's name that uh, that created that show. I know him to a brother. And uh, we went to a screening of this film, right? They were showing all the new film, I mean, TV shows that were coming out and they played the pilot to that. 
And I just remember Chris Rock was in the theater and he was just heckling. He kept going, bring me the head of the man who allowed this show to be made, right? <laughs> <laughs> but he's doing it under the seat and, and we're laughing so hard. Uh, it, was, it was really bad, a really bad idea, man. Really bad idea. Homeboys and I. Remember yeah. Rickety Rocket? The Rickety Rocket was my favorite car too. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember that. Rickety Rocket was like this, it was a, a cartoon about these spaceships, but they were in the ghetto. <laughs> and the spaceships had these big lips. Oh my and they goodness. were it was like the most stereotypical shit. That you shit, gotta look up Rickety Rocket. That shit did not oh, yeah. play in Canada. No, I did, not when I was a kid. That did yeah. not reach us. No. Yeah. Wait, Eddie, Google Rickety Rocket. And the oh, rockets, man. the rockets would fly and smoke would be coming out the back because they were all fucked up. Oh and, my goodness. And they used to talk like, yeah, man, hell yeah. And the rockets talk. You gotta, do, you gotta do, you watch, do you watch Black Jesus? I saw Black Jesus. Yeah. I saw the first season. You know, I'm a Who's big in Charlie. Black Jesus again? Charlie Murphy Charlie was in Murphy, there. Yeah. John uh, Witherspoon was in there. Spoon was in. I forgot yeah. the guy that played. You, you, he's a comic. Yeah. Um, what's his name? Uh, it, it gets really good. Yeah. Black Jesus. But how hard. old is it? It's. I think they've done three seasons, right? Is yeah, but it's, they started doing it about 2010, yeah. somewhere around there. Oh, it came out late. Yeah. Is that Rickety Rocket? Rickety Rocket. That's Rickety Rocket. Those are the people that drove the rockets. But you got to see the rocket ships themselves. Oh, they had my big God. Ass wow. Wow. Yeah, there it goes. There it goes. God damn. Oh, my God. And the rocket is... would talk and shit. And it would talk like in this jive black got big boy. ass teeth on it. Yeah. Kind of looks like the magic school bus. But yeah. like. But yeah. racist. But, oh. yeah. Right. <laughs> but a racist one. You know, it, it all makes sense to me now because when Greg Nice said that, a rickety oh. rocket was my favorite cartoon after marriage, the honeymoon. Oh, yeah. 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 Ah, that all makes sense now. So I wonder if maybe he got, uh, uh, Eric is his name. I wonder if he got the idea for Homeboys in Outer Space because of that. It could be. Yeah. Maybe, hey, we should make a live action of this. <laughs> and at that time, remember, Homeboys was like a new hip word. Yeah. Homeboy. <laughs> Are these your homies? <laughs> That's when white people got all, I know some street. <laughs> yeah. Do you dread looking at your credit card statement every month? I don't blame you. Credit card debt is the worst. If you're stuck in an endless cycle of high interest rates and minimum monthly payments, Upstart can help lift that weight off your shoulders. Upstart is the fast and easy way to pay off your debt with a personal loan, and it's all done online. Whether it's paying off credit cards, consolidating high interest debt, or funding personal expenses, over half a million people have used Upstart to get a simple, fixed monthly payment. Unlike other lenders, Upstart looks at more than just your credit score. They'll also consider your income and employment history. That means they can offer smarter rates with trusted partners. With a five-minute online rate check, you can see your rate upfront for loans between $1,000 to $50,000. And you can receive funds as fast as one business day after accepting your loan. Find out how Upstart can lower your monthly payments today when you go to upstart.com slash peters that's upstart.com slash peters don't forget to use our url to let them know we sent you loan amounts will be determined based on your credit income and certain other information provided in your loan application go to upstart.com slash peters in 2021 mental health is finally a thing and that's why we're excited to be sponsored by better help so many people are struggling right now and aren't feeling like their normal selves. But therapy helps, and therapy doesn't have to be just sitting around and talking about your feelings. It can be whatever you want it to be. You can privately talk to someone if you feel like you're having trouble dealing with stress, 
or if issues have come up in your relationship. Whatever you need, it's time to stop being ashamed of normal human struggles and start feeling better because you deserve to be happy. And now you don't even have to worry about finding an in-person therapist near you. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Join the millions of people who are seeing what therapy is really about. It's always a good time to invest in yourself because you are your greatest asset. And culturally canceled with Russell Peters listeners get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp.com slash Peters. That's BetterHelp.com slash Peters. I think about the words we used to use, and like only a few of them lasted. Dope is a word that stuck still around. There, yeah. Still yeah. there. What about fresh? Fresh never made it. Deaf never made it. Mm-mm. Fresh to deaf never made it. Mm-mm. Nope. Posse was the word that everybody used all Posse the time. Posse went away. Posse yeah, yeah, went away. Yeah. Yeah. Homies. Homies is still around. Homies is sort of around, but yeah. it it can be misconstrued. It could be misused. Yeah, it turned into dogs. Yeah. No, my dogs. Yeah. It went yeah. from those my homies to those my dogs. And then peeps came and went a little bit because it started getting. Here's the thing: when white people start abusing it, we go, "Okay, it's got to go. It's got to go." Yeah, 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 yeah. You saw Jack on Jack in the Box, the Jack in the Box commercial. He he comes in in this new commercial. The first thing he says is, "What up?" Oh my god! I said, "Jack," he said, "What up?" <laughs> yeah, it's about to go. What up is about to leave. Yeah, what up's on his way out. <laughs> once once Jack in the Box is what upping you. You don't want to get one up to buy buy a what up. <laughs> I was I was getting ready to say they they shortened it, you know, but because uh, that's up, you know, that's all they say. Now, sup, sup. I hate the slangs today. The new the new slangs. I don't like them. They're horrible. Which one? But lit, lit, you know, like lit, lit. Yeah. fire. Yeah. Yo, that's just fire. I get I feels. get fire because fire came from hot. Yeah, yeah. you know what I mean. The yeah. feels, but yeah, the feels all. Uh, the feels bothers me. I got the feels. Yeah, I don't like that. Yeah, I don't like that. But fire is so misused, and this is no. This is real talk. When my friend's son came here, I brought him to the house, and he looked at the pool. He goes, "Yo, that's fire." I go, "You need to learn your elements. That's fucking water. <laughs> <laughs> that is the exact opposite of fire." <laughs> what were the words that we were using though in our era that the cats before us hated? Probably fresh, deaf, fresh, deaf. dope. Uh huh. Death Ill. for sure. I mean, Ill. Death, I yeah. still say ill though. Yeah, I think ill was very New York. We well, you know, I was East Coaster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. we didn't. You know, say that, that shit is ill. I still yeah. say it's I ill. I still say ill too. Eddie makes fun of me because when I meet people, especially from New York, I was like, "Yo," uh, I'll be like, "Yo, you got my math?" And like, "Yo, give me a math." And yeah, like, yeah. Eddie's like, "Nobody fucking says it." I go, "Nobody says that around you because right. you're fucking Mexican. They're not gonna say that." The first math time I, is the last thing a Mexican guy's gonna say to me. Absolutely. <laughs> but you know, the first time I heard that, somebody said that to me. Yo, so I was on the subway, right? I got this is my New York accent. Yeah. I was on the subway, right? And so, you know, this I saw this little, you know, this little, this little check. She was shorty. Deaf, this little shorty. She was deaf, and I was like, "Let me get a math." And I was like, "What did you say?" Yeah, yeah. He said, "I got, I got a math," and I yeah. said, "That's some fly shit." Yeah, I'm taking yeah. that back to LA. Oh yeah, math is amazing. Yeah, yeah man. Math Give is me dumb. Math. Yeah. yeah, you get it right, Court. I mean, what? Like, what? Just tell me what I can say and what I can't. No, like, what's your math? math? What's your math? math? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, your digits. It's like the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Give me your math. Math is numbers. Yeah. 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 But I I mean, I'm not going to. I don't think you're going to say, well, you're a married woman, first of all. And I mean, 
Hey. <laughs> hey, Russ, maybe we can create something now. Like, if we just change it and start saying, like, yo, I want to get your numerals. Give me Is that numerals. Cool? Is that what? Well, you're married, and I'm about to be, so it don't really make any sense for yeah, us. Yeah, not for us. You know, maybe <laughs> we can say it to other dudes. Yo, let me get your... Uh, you should just say yeah. it in a professional sense. Just slide me a numerology. <laughs> exactly. Hey, let me get your algebra. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's what you do in the Middle East. <laughs> yeah, right? You want algebra? I have a question though. I actually don't know how how you guys met if you're in towns next to each other. So I was dating this girl when I was a teenager called Kendra. And oh yeah, she was a girl I was in love with when I was a teenager. And so I and I was dating Kendra, and Kendra said to me, You gotta meet my friend Russell. He wasn't a comic at this point. She said, You gotta meet my friend Russell. He's the funniest person in the world. That's what she said. And um, I think at the time you were, I, she knew you more of a DJ kind of guy. You were Yeah, music. I was DJing. Yeah, and she said, you just got to meet my friend Russ. She lived around the corner from me. I just thought she was the prettiest girl in the world. Yeah, and she was amazing. She really was. Um, she was cool as shit. And I was like, I want a cool girl This is like, like that. the 80s when, I, when, when, when she cut her hair she, short. She buzzed it. But, and it was dyed. So like the peach fuzz was dyed a color. And you're just like, man, you don't see, we didn't see girls like that. Certainly not in our neighborhoods. And um, and I just, yeah, I just fell for her. And she, that's when, that's how I met Russell was through her back in the day. And he wasn't a dick and I wanted to hate him. You know what I mean? I was like, I'll meet him. Oh, he's <laughs> fucking cool. Wait, how I, old were you guys? Guy. I think I was 17, 18 at the time, maybe. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I must be Well, 18. no, then I, if you, you might've been 16 cause I hadn't started doing comedy yet. Unless yeah, you no, no, I would have been, been sixteen because I because that's when I was dating her. Sixteen, yeah, yeah, because I just yeah, yeah. I would have been I would have been eighteen. I was a year away from starting, and then I got a job uh, at that time. I was working at the movie theater as an usher, and so cats used to come through. Um, but our friend, do you know Angelo? Have you crossed paths with Angelo? No, Angelo's on his way here. Actually, is he big Ange? Yeah, big Ange. So I met Ange because I was um, dating this other girl who said you got to come to Yuck Yucks, that same bar that he was at, and said my friend Ange is doing a set. So I said, cool. And I'm dating this girl. We go to the, we go to Yuck Yucks and Angelo, cause I have a Greek last name. Angelo had a Greek last name. She's like, you guys should meet. So I'm like, cool. You know, Angelo did a great set. Angelo comes and joins us at the booth afterwards and we're talking and Angelo's giving me the fucking look. And there's a certain look that a Greek guy will give another Greek guy where you're just like that dirty look. And I'm just looking at him like, what the fuck are you giving me gears for? And I went, are you, fuck? are you fucking, are you with her? And he says, yeah. And I went, I'm with who the fuck's that guy over there? And she said, that's my boyfriend. So both Ange and I were like, wait a minute. You brought me, a guy you're with, to another guy you're with show while your boyfriend's sitting at a table over there. And she said, yeah. And I was, fuck this. I had, I had a bit of respect for that because I thought that's a real move. But I, that's how I met Angelo. And so Angelo, I figured, I'm not going to hang out with you well, anymore. You guys but, are dick but, brothers? But, well, I didn't say that. But we <laughs> that's that's how I got to meet Ange. And then Ange, and so when Russ and Ange were friends. That's how I got reconnected with Russ was seeing him with Ange. Yeah, I've known Ange since 94. You slipped in a slang too. You didn't think I caught that when you said, you know, wait, what are these gears for? I, yeah, I was like, this, oh shit, I'm about to use there. Give me yeah, a Canadian is that, is that thing. Is that old? Yeah, it's a Canadian yeah, thing. Yeah, I'm, old, yeah. I'm bringing it here. Yeah, 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 I'm giving them gears. I don't need your gears. Yeah. You know? Don't give, give me the gears. Don't give me, the gears. Hey, don't give me your gears. You're right. shifting on me, you see? That's right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Yep. There's some Canadian slangs that are hilarious, like... Like when when white guys get mad, I'll fucking kick your head in. Yeah. I'm like what? <laughs> right. I'll kick your head in is one of my favorites. Yeah. Goof uh, is like a, a trigger word over there. Yeah. yeah. Somebody oh, yeah. calls you a goof. Oh yeah, goof is you like punch the word. Me in the mouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like the word. I'm like, I never understood it. You fucking goof. And they'd say it like really fucking goof. Like you fucking goof. Because Canada's so, it's so small. But like right? that's it, the jail word over yeah. there. Yeah. That's punk. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah. You know you call him a fucking punk. You know. 
I, I haven't been to Canada. I went to Vancouver when I was about three or four years old. That's it? You don't with remember? My parents. They're pictures. I see the pictures and I kind of remember it. I'm not sure if I do or if I yeah. just remember the picture. But uh, I've been wanting to get to Toronto. I will not go to Toronto unless I go with Russell Peters. You or George. Yeah. Shit, George owns that or, city or, too. Or George. Come with both of us. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll have fun. We'll yeah, have George fun. and I, we do hang out back home too. Yeah, yeah. I was at your house uh, last Christmas. Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, 2019. 20, was it 2019? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I was just sitting at home watching TV by myself on Christmas. And he calls me like, what are you doing? So I'm just watching TV. He's like, come over. Come over. Have food. Right, yeah. Eat with us. Yeah. Hang out. So I just went over and just chilled with man, It was, was good. He held my baby. I held your baby. That's right. Yeah. You know? it was Fantastic. Nice. Yeah. Now, this guy's very generous anyway, so. No, he is. Yeah, I mean, you, you would think it's a front. You really would think it's a front, but it's like this. It's like, you know, you go over his house and you feel comfortable and it's like, hey, man, I want to go check it. We'll go upstairs and look at it. I'm like, what? Yeah, just go look at it. And I'm like. But aren't you going to show me around? No, just go, man, just walk. You know, and it's it's rare that you find people that are that open and honest. You know, I, my theory is if you're in my house, I know you. Right. And I don't want you to feel like you're in my house and I don't trust you. You're here because I trust you. If I can't trust you to walk around my house by yourself, yeah. well, then why the fuck are you at my house? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. He, and he's always been like that. Yeah. Always been like that. It yeah. should, you know, you shouldn't, I don't, I don't, I don't like being paranoid. Remember you had that house, um, you had the house across the street from where I ended up living, um, in the Coanga side and you had a, oh, key, yeah. you had a keypad for yeah. your lock. And when I would be coming out late, you just text me the keypad and I would just go and that's, I would crash to the house, but I would go there and then I would walk in and somebody else would be there. And then eight minutes later, somebody else would pop the keypad in and you just let, you let a lot of people stay there who are just trying to make their way. Yeah, because I was on the road anyway. I was like, well, I don't want this. I didn't get this damn house just to be selfish with it. Yeah, and now, that house was dope. It was, it was, it was a pain in the ass. The street it was on, the steepest street in the world. Oh my god! Man. Remember, a car flipped over right beside me doing yeah. a U turn. Yeah, it's the steepest street I've ever been on in my life. But I bought it because when you were walking up the stairs, you could see the Hollywood sign out the window. Oh, cool! cool. And I, I used spot. to wake up every morning and look out the window and go, "Holy shit, I'm here! I'm here!" That's right. Yeah. I remember having. Uh, I, I remember. I would go back to Toronto still and I had this nice new house in Hollywood Hills and I would still travel back to my townhouse that my brother and I lived in, in Woodbridge. And my bedroom was small. It was a bed on a, on a frame. It would have no, like it didn't have no like no box to spring. it. Yeah. It was a box spring and a mattress <laughs> yeah. on a, those metal frames. Yeah. And it was pushed against the wall so I wouldn't fall off the bed. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, and the clothes were piled up on the floor. It was like a fucking teenage boy's yep. bedroom, and the bathroom was across the hall. It was like, it was like my first house. And I remember waking up one morning and and going, "Fuck!" I think that LA shit was all a dream. I really believed it was a dream. Right? Yeah. Like I got and, a house there. That's nice. I and then I was the like, "Oh, that my Hollywood." I feel like that Hollywood shit was a dream. Oh well, it was a good dream. And then my brother was like, "When are you go back to LA?" I go, "Fuck, not a dream. Good. All right. <laughs> See you." <laughs> Yeah, it was nice. That's was, the fun part when it first happens. Not that it's not fun now, but when it's all everything's brand new to you, yeah. it's so nice. Yeah, that's why I think comics are always pushing the envelope to try and find something new, yeah. so we don't we don't get stagnant. Yeah. Well, that this is one of the great. I challenges. think it's a, probably a creative thing. I think you're right, and it's one of the great challenges in my life is that everybody in my life has grown and evolved, and we all change a little bit. I still feel inside. I'm still that guy. Yeah. So I'm 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 still as energized by the new experience as I've ever been. And LA is a 
crime scene of a city and i love it but it's a crime scene <laughs> yeah and, george had some dark shit happening yeah, oh yeah? yeah yeah for sure for sure you want to talk about it or not? Well, i can if you want yeah, yeah go to sure, it yeah. tell them what happened oh just one of my closest friends got murdered in my home across the street from that place where oh, he used to live yeah that happens a lot yeah, yeah it happens yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but wow. um like while the friend was just staying there yeah oh, it's just wow. a random break-in and a guy got him yeah, homeless yeah, guy yeah, 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 on yeah. drugs yeah. broke in beat him to death yeah yeah it's pretty gnarly pretty gnarly that's but horrible it's a horrible story but what what's interesting is that i that's i always knew la was like that and then it happens and you're like okay this is awful we're still going through the trial right so it's still going on the whole yeah. thing but but i still every time I, I i would get off that plane and i would i would hit lax especially in the old days terminal two because yeah. you hit terminal two and you're outside in eight seconds like yeah. there's no right. long ass terminal two was yeah. nice like that so nice you're just here and you're outside mm -hmm. and i i've never not felt that thing when I get off the plane. It's amazing because I, you know, I've been here my entire life. I don't, I never saw, I saw a couple of drive-bys, yeah. you know, I saw it you know, with my own eyes, but I never felt that way. I'm terrified when I go to New York. Yeah. Are you? I, yeah. See, I, I got a place in East Village. I never worry a single thing about New York. Oh man, I'm scared of New York. Really? I, I went to Philly for the first time and- Philly's rough. Philly was rough, but the roughest place I've been in, in uh, well, Detroit's rough, and, yeah. and D.C. was surprisingly rough. Yeah, D.C. used to be murder capital. Yeah. See, the first time, you know, um, in that neighborhood, I was, the first time I ever got shot at, I was, I think, in grade four. You got shot at? Oh, yeah, more than one. At? At, yeah, in grade four. I never got shot um, at. When I was walking across the park from my, my, my grade school, remember that, which is now the Sikh Temple? Used to be called Malton Public. Yeah, yeah, the one on on um, on Airport Road. Uh, on Airport Road. So it was in the walkway between those two places. So I kind of grew. Yeah, my up. cousin lived right across the street there. Yeah, that's where I got shot at from those apartments in there when I was. I honestly was in grade four at the time. Yeah. So um, and I was lucky because I grew up in a home. I didn't. I, I grew up with a, raised by a single mom. But for that brief moment that my father was around, like he taught me how to clean handguns at four. This is all he could pass. Down. Yeah. But on he was an Egyptian Greek on fireworks days. You know, like whatever we, our holidays where people would shoot fireworks in the air. We didn't have fireworks. He would just shoot fucking handguns into the air we lived in the neighborhood like yeah. people live there just pop 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 were you pop, in pop, the pop. houses or the building uh no we were in the houses we mm -hmm. were in the houses what street were um, you on uh, that th this was when i lived in rexdale on a street called greer's right behind a rexdale plaza but then in malton i lived my backyard was airport road so my backyard was airport road i lived yeah on my so. cousin lived um i lived on the same street as mr metro oh Devin. Devin, yeah you know i'm in the video for are you really? Did you know I'm in his music video for Who Says You Can't Say Yo to a Princess? I don't even remember that. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so when I when I got to LA, like I, that's why nothing scares me. Like, I was a video ho, Ben. Were you? Yeah. Were, you in a lot of, were you in a lot of videos? I was in that. I was in uh I was in Fabulous's video for uh This Is My Party. Yeah. I'm the pilot. Okay, I got, now I got to look for it. Now I got to look amazing. for it. I'm in a I'm in a bunch of Canadian rap videos. Going Citizen Kane. I'm in a Cardinal video. I think I might. I don't know if I did a Cardi video. I, think I'm an, I'm I was a in a ghetto concept video. Oh, amazing. I'll tell you, I was in a any heartbreak video, no additions, any heartbreak video. Really? So now when you go back and watch that video. 97? Yeah. yeah. Shout out Eddie Murphy's house. Yeah. You know what's funny? That's when Allie, my lady, was dating Ronnie DeVoe then. Really? <laughs> she was living with him. Are you serious? Wow. That's why I, I made fun. I was on stage the other night. And I said, you know, and they like like Bell Biv DeVoe said, or as I like to call him, Bell Biv. <laughs> um, <laughs> huh. Everybody, you know, we all got we all, we all got some bodies underneath. Of course, us. of course. I mean, I think I, that's the good thing is I'm mature enough now to accept all these fucking yeah, things. You know yeah. what I mean? Before it'd have been like, you did what with who? <laughs> 
I'm yeah, like, fuck my, it. The shit I did, I can't judge nobody. <laughs> yeah, my, my wife told me that uh, she dated a NBA player, but luckily, when I heard his name, I've never he was he obviously was a nobody because I never heard his name except for on the video games. Okay, now I I used to be an NBA reporter. Yeah, so would I know him? Did he make the? You know what? I, I don't know if she would want me to say the okay, name. Yeah. I'm gonna say the name anyway. No, no, you don't have to say. It. I'll say the name. His name is his name was Allen Level. You ever heard of an Allen Level? Allen Level. Who? Yeah, I don't remember Allen Level. No. <clears throat> Nuggets. Nuggets, yeah. I had oh, never heard of him, so she said, well, I dated. Man, I, he was pretty good. Was he really? Yeah. He wasn't it, as good as me, I can tell you. <laughs> Would it have bothered you more if he was like a, an all-star? Yeah. If it, what? If, if, You're if, happy if, she banged a loser? No, but I'm just saying, if, if, it, was, if it was like, yeah, you know, uh, I used to date Dr. J. No, Fuck. Yeah, uh, the biggest? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I guess you want to be the upgrade. That's what it you is. You want to be the upgrade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when I, when I got with her, I was not the upgrade. You have to you have to earn the upgrade status. Yeah, yeah, when I met my wife, I was well. When I met her, we were. I was trying to figure it out. I think I was in junior college. But when we got together, yeah, I was a struggling actor that didn't want to act. So she helped you find your thing. No, you yeah, know it what? Was right below his belly button. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, that's you, not what I was thinking. Of. <laughs> I, I, I know that's not what you were thinking. No, um, no, she didn't help me with with that. I, when she got here, when she got here from Houston, Texas, I was already kind of on my path. Yeah, yeah. As a producer Ange. and a writer, Angel's here. That. He brought donuts. Angelo. Well, Russell, you know everybody. So who, who do you, who have you met, or who do you want to meet that would give you that wow factor? Well, you can meet people, but to but hang with them. Yeah, you want to hang with. Hang with, yeah. To like put their number in your phone. Yeah, who's, like whose math do you want? Yeah, whose math, math do you want? <laughs> I don't know. Come on, don't give me no levels. No, no, no. Oh, did you say no levels? What did you say? Gears. gears. Don't, gears. Like don't gears. give me no gears. Yeah. <laughs> or levels. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I've been really, I've I've been able to spend some quality time with some fucking legendary people. Yeah. You know who I'd really want to meet? And and George had offered this to me one time. He said, you got to come to my house. Robert Plant's coming over. Yeah. And I was like, fuck, he's really the guy I really want to meet and hang out with one day. And I'll tell you why. Not only because I'm a huge Led Zeppelin fan, but because Robert Plant's uh, ex-wife, Maureen Wilson, is Anglo-Indian from Calcutta. Right. Same as your family, right? Mm -hmm. And my mom's Anglo-Indian from Calcutta, and my mom is Maureen. I said, Mom, do you remember any Wilsons from Calcutta? Yeah, I knew some Wilsons. And I was like, damn. And there's Wilsons in my family. Um, oh, man. But uh, he has kids with her, like three or four kids with her. And wait, and why didn't you come over that day? Because I had his show at Casino Rama that oh, night. Right. And I had to drive up to Casino Rama and I would have been like, and I'd just flown into town. I'm like, fuck, man. I was staying up in Casino Rama. I would have to drive down that's true, and then yeah. drive back up. And so that's an I, hour and a half drive. I figured you have Robert Plant at your house. You got Russ, you gotta come see this. You gotta, I know. You gotta come over. I, you gotta come over. Was he cool? The coolest, man. And I'll tell you it was a real trip for because me. Because he he didn't seem like he had fun on Stern. No, you know, I had interviewed Robert once before and we, we got along pretty well. And so I think that's the reason why he was willing to come over. Um, but I still didn't think he was going to come over. So I get the call going, yeah, Robert Plant said he'll come to the house to do an interview. And I went, huh? Holy shit. Because that's the thing where that joy that I have of all the music that I used to love and all the things that I still connect to, Zeppelin are as big to me as anything I've ever heard in my life. So yeah, to me, Zeppelin is... When that, when that Uber pulled up, and Robert Plant got Robert out the Plant's car. Robert Plant's an Uber? Yeah, when he got out the car. I think it was an Uber. It might have been driver. When he got out the car, I was just like, fucking A. Yeah. You know, the other guy that I called um, was I called this guy that I, I used to hang out with in high school who we used to listen to Zeppelin all the time, and I hadn't seen him in years. 
So I, I just, I said, is this still your number? He said, yeah. I said, you need to come over to my house uh, tomorrow. He said, why? Just, just come over. And I hadn't seen him in years. Yeah. And so he comes over and I got to introduce him to Robert Plant. And it, I, I would have, pro- I don't know what I would have done. He would have known who you were. Robert Plant would have known who you were. I don't think so. I think he would have known who you were. Robert Plant's really, he's really connected to what's happening. He do you have his math? I don't have Robert. Actually, <laughs> I have his, well, I do email his person a lot and, and, and regularly. And we'll get, Did he move get, back? He moved back to England, didn't he? I think he's in England. Uh, other, he was in Austin for a while. The other one was when James Hetfield from Metallica came over. I was in Standing Rock in South Dakota uh, a night before, and I got a note saying, Hetfield will come to your house. And I was 11 when that first Metallica record tape came out, and I bought a bootleg. And he said, yeah, James will come to your house. We drove, We left South Dakota, drove all night through the snow, and I pulled into my house about a half an hour before Hetfield showed up. And when he got out of the car, I was just like, holy fuck, man, this is epic. Was he cool? Cool. Epic. He seems like the coolest guy in the group. Yeah. Hetfield's really cool. And one night you would appreciate this, uh, 8.30 at night, I'm by myself. I'm just doing a radio interview. Mm-hmm. So there was no crew. There was just me. There's a knock on my door. And I, cause I, have, I, and I just looked through the door and there's, I have a window and his face right there was Grandmaster Flash. Just face inside my window looking. And I really? went, come on in. Come on in. That's so, crazy. Yeah, Grandmaster Flash came in and we just talked about those early days. And uh, he's really? an interesting guy. Yeah. Did he say, ha, 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 No, that's Mel. <laughs> ah, wrong guy. You got to understand. Same group though, right? Yeah. Yeah. Flash was the DJ yep. who was doing all the cool tricks and quick turnarounds mm-hmm. and the juggling and all that shit. And Mel was the MC. Uh, Mel was the first, is is noted as the first rapper. Even before Curtis Blow? Yeah. But Curtis had Curtis a record from first, Harlem. Right? Yeah. yeah. And Curtis was singing. Uh, no, no, he was he was rapping. Yeah. Uh, what was his first one, The Breaks? These are the breaks. The breaks, yeah. The breaks, yeah. That was 80. 80? Yeah. yeah. But Mel is like the first rapper, like from back in the Bronx days. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So so what's the story that how Sugar Hill Gang got the notoriety to be the first commercial rap success? Well, wasn't it Big Bang Hank who stole Grandmaster Kaz's lyrics? Yeah. It, like v- word for word. Even, word the for name, word. Yeah. even the name. Spells out his name yeah. in the song. Yeah. yeah. I'm the C-A-S. Yeah. N-A-O-V, whatever the how to fucking spell Casanova, yeah. but... <laughs> That's crazy. And I'm I'm six foot one, and I'm like Tons that's Kaz. You just described Kaz. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, Sugar Hill, that song hit, right? I think that 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 thing really hit. First rap song I ever heard. Yeah. You know, we're West Coast, so we didn't have we didn't have rap here. Right. Our rap came here late in the '80s with you know when World Class Wrecking Crew and all yeah. those guys. Who was it? Drake. That was mid '80s. Mid '80s. Mid '80s. Yeah. So yeah. that was like. But World Class Wrecking Crew wasn't a rap group. They were like R and B. Then that song, Turn Off the Lights. They had Turn Off the Lights. Which was a great song. See, but I thought they had a hip-hop song, too, or a rap song. Oh, Cabbage Patch. Cabbage Patch. Right. See, I, when rap first, in my neighborhood, hip-hop was huge. Rap was huge. But I, um, it was a lot of it was dance records and party kind of records. Mm-hmm. And that didn't really resonate with me because I was listening to a lot of punk and metal at the time. So I didn't, the dance stuff wasn't that interesting to me. And I didn't like disco. So it was like not my vibe. Then we heard Ice-T. And when we heard Ice-T, we were just, oh, this is the guy. And Public Enemy. So we had PE and, and Ice-T were floating in our head. Yeah. And that was the shit that really, really kicked off for us in the neighborhood. And then Beastie Boys, of course. Yeah. But, well, you know, we liked Run DMC here. Yeah. I uh, loved them. I loved Houdini. Yeah. yeah. Uh, UTFO. What, what year was Schooly D? Schooly, see, Schooly D was before me. Yes. Before I really got into hip-hop. Schooly like D, that. we liked him because he well, was so 85, filthy. 80, late 85, early 86. We liked him because he was filthy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 We just thought that we were like 12, 13. We just thought the school ED was amazing at the time. No, I just, yeah, I like I like PSK and Gucci time and all that stuff. That's why. 
Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. The first person I heard on the West Coast just talking some dirty, nasty shit was short. Too short. Oh, too short, yeah. And, uh, you know, I spent a lot of time in Oakland, right? Yeah. So, you know, when short was up there talking, it was like gangster. It wasn't It wasn't good sounding melodic hip hop or anything like that, but yeah. it was like, it was disgusting. Yeah. Shorts, <laughs> bitch. You know what I'm saying? And it was too like, short for me sounded like, when I heard him, I was like, has this guy gone backwards in time with his like, like rudimentary rhymes? Like, yeah. Like shit we were doing in the early 80s. That's like, it. Yeah. Like it was shit you would say on your way home from school, like with your friends. Yeah. That's a game we used to play. Yeah. We would make up raps and would the the goal was to make it not rhyme. When uh-huh. everybody was trying to be Dougie, but but different. No, it was that we would do, we would do it as a joke. We'd be like, I was so thirsty I couldn't think. I opened the for, I opened the fridge and got me a beverage. You know, just, <laughs> yeah. we, would, we would just do it like that. That's what early Easy E sounded like too. Oh, Easy E yeah. couldn't rap. Yeah, no, you know, he just had that little voice that yeah. was kind of cool, mm-hmm. crazy, yeah. you know. Yeah. But um, and Snoop, same type of thing, you know, with that voice. <laughs> no, but Snoop could rap. Snoop could rap from the gate, but What's Snoop a, had that voice yeah. though. It was like you had mm-hmm. never heard that. It's so much drama in the LBC. Oh, so, you know, what I'm saying so it was just back. something yep. smooth. Oh. He's the Michael Franks of rap. <laughs> I had a beat up old Volkswagen. I had a beat up old Volkswagen Fox, and I got the cassette, the doggy style cassette, and the Chronic cassette, the first one. And I remember putting it in my car, and I heard it. And then I put it in my friend's car and heard it. That next day, I had full subwoofers in the car. I had to change because it was Snoop and Dre. Where I'm like, mm-hmm. my my subwoofers are not going to live up to the West Coast sound because it had the G Funk. We like Parliament, right? So we yeah, like yeah. Parliament, and the New York rap sounded fine in our cars. Even the BDP stuff sounded fine. 
But once West there Coast wasn't hit, as much the, of the low end. Yeah, we had to go get new subwoofers, and we our tens became twelves, and the back of our car got pulled out just so we could keep up with what was coming out of West Coast on tape. Yeah, I mean they 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 you know they cemented their way into the business in a in a crazy way. But you got to give the you got to give the props to Dre and uh, oh yeah, Easy Ice Cube. Ice Cube's voice was like something I had never Ice heard. Cube. Ice Cube changed my life with America's oh, Most man. Wanted. That yeah, solo man. record changed my life. That was mm-hmm. it. I listened to it all the time. I saw Ice Cube in 1990 at Concert Hall in Toronto. And I didn't know he had left NWA. I just thought he did a solo album. Right. And I just got back from England, and I had on an America's Most Wanted t-shirt with the K, same font as the album, but it was, it was a black t-shirt with blue writing. Yeah. But I was standing side stage at that concert, and I was like, holy shit. And then somebody was wearing an NWA hat or something in the audience. And Ice Cube was like, and Sir Jinx was with him. Yeah. And he was like, yo, do you see fucking NWA up here? Take that motherfucking hat off. And they took the hat off and destroyed it on stage. Oh, really? <laughs> it's ain't NWA, motherfucker. Yeah. This is Ice Cube. America's this is the lynch mob, motherfucker. And now he lives right around the corner from Ice Cube. How about yeah. that? Yeah, that's it. The irony. I, I, you know, where, how far is he from you? Like across the street? He lives across the street from me. He's like two doors up and across the street. And um, How far up? Uh, he's directly across the street from that house. You know, the house that right. you like? You have to go up that street? You have to go up the driveway. So you can't see his house from, he lives on a flag lot. Right. So you got that that driveway you go up. And if you look up the driveway, you can see OJ. Oh. <laughs> Not a good initial to be on on your front, the front of your house, but that happens to be his initials yeah, that's too. It, that's right. Okay. He shares yeah. them with someone else. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> O'Shea Jackson. And so, uh, yeah, he lives right up the street. I see him from time to time. Uh, not like I when I moved across the street, I was like, "Oh shit, I'm about to be down with Ice Cube." Yeah, right. And he invited me. No, check this. He invited me over one time uh-huh. to play basketball. Right. I probably said something wrong because I haven't been invited back. But he invited me over, and we beat me and my boy. We beat we beat beat their team. You know. Wow. And because we didn't know you're supposed to take it easy on Cube, right? And so we played and played and played. And then afterwards, he goes, "You guys want some beers?" I'm going, hey, drink beer with Ice Cube? So I'm sitting on his little his little patio in a nice little plush patio furniture, and he comes out with this tray with Coronas on it, with with limes in it. I was like, I don't know fucking Corona from Ice Cube. I thought I was getting a 40, right? <laughs> You're the nigga I love to hate. What the fuck are you doing bringing me a Corona? And I haven't been invited back. That's it. I think that might be the <laughs> did reason Did you say why. that? Is that why? I did say that, but I was joking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh. I was like, you the nigga I love, hey, what the fuck is this Coronas? That's probably exactly yeah. the reason you haven't invited back. Yeah, yeah, I ain't been, I can't say that. Can't yeah, right. But it was a Canadian guy who put that you record out. A Canadian guy put that America's Most Wanted record out, Brian Turner. Really? Kid from Winnipeg. Um, he is the guy that in the movie where Ice Cube goes and smashes up the office with the baseball yeah. bat, which that never actually happened. And when they audited that guy um, to see if he had stolen any money from Cube, it turned out not only did he pay him every cent, he paid him more. So, uh, but that's a Canadian guy. Who, the only guy that was willing to put out um, that NWA record, put out that Ice Cube record. Really? Yeah. Those first four albums were incredible. Incredible, man. I would look forward to them because I, that was the only album, those were the only albums I would look forward to the intro. Yeah. And the interludes. Yeah. Because yeah. the interludes were the best on those. You know, you won, G. Won what? The wet the t-shirt, t-shirt contest. contest. <laughs> yeah. That's right. I remember, I, I, remember I think the one, of that all the time. Yeah. That fucking thing. Remember the one he used to do? What was the one he said? He would say, uh, he was like, yeah, you know what we used to do? Jack them motherfuckers for them Nissan trucks. Get your motherfucking food, leave it in the car, get, get out. Get the fuck out. <laughs> I remember that so much. J.D.'s Gafflin. J.D.'s Gafflin. That was it. on Kill It Will. Oh yep. my God, I love that yep. record so much. Uh-huh. Yeah, that was yeah. Kill It Will. 
I remember right. they would I, wait for a guy. They, they rob the food in the drive-through, but right. leave the leave the food in the car. Leave the food in the car and get the fuck out. <laughs> I, I saw. I remember my easy buddy e. Ooh was telling me about how they actually used to do that. He yeah, said they would wait for you to get boxed in, then they would do it. Yeah, they wait till there's a car in front of you and a car behind you, then they'd pop up front on the corner. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Popeyes on La Brea. People used to get shot in that drive-through line all the time. On La Brea, the yep. Fat Burger yeah. on La Cienega, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That yes. was the one. That was the one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Midnight, everybody meet there to you know to rendezvous at other places, but that was the meeting joint. Now it's Fat Sal's on on uh, Highland. Fat yeah. Sal's, yeah, Fat Sal's on Highland is like you go there one o'clock in the morning. That's where the shit it's open. And I pulled up the other day. Guys got a van. They're playing video games in the back of the van. Yeah. It was the spot, and it we, was safe. Fat Sal's. Have you been to this one? I don't like it that much. Yeah. I mean, I just want a regular fucking sandwich. I don't yeah. need tater tots and cheese sticks on it. Yeah. That's funny. That's hilarious. <laughs> like, I'm just like, I, I ordered the Italian sandwich. I go, I don't know. It doesn't, it's something's wrong with this sandwich. Right. I love Jersey Mike's. Jersey Mike's is not bad. Yeah. If you're going to go, I, I don't like Subway too much. I liked Quiznos when it was around, uh-huh. but Jersey Mike's, yeah. Jersey Mike's. I love Jersey Mike's. Back home, I love Mr. Sub. That's my first job on Airport Road, Mr. Submarine. I used Submarine. to work at Captain Submarine Did in the Bramley City Center. I was 14 making subs at Mr. Submarine on Airport Road. I oh, yeah. loved it, man. Yeah. I know the one you worked at, too. Yeah. That was my regular one right around the corner from my high school or grade school. It was kind of like at the corner of it was the corner. At, uh, dairy and an airport, right? Yeah. I and mean, it was what well, was one block over and it was the corner building. It's where that uh, um, Nino Diversa bakery was where yes. the mob bakery. Everybody yeah, thought yeah, it was yeah. a mob bakery. Yeah. Um, and our neighbor was this weird mix, right? Because there was also bikers around. So you, on the other side of the, the airport roads, so you just never knew where the danger was coming from. But when our and our sub shop was right in the middle, and I'm 14, closing the place by myself, just waiting to get fucking robbed, waiting to get robbed. Never did though, never did. Our place had been hit a few times, but it was just that street was fucking scary. I remember, must have been like 86. Yeah, must have been like 16, 15, 16, working at Captain Submarine in the mall, mm-hmm. and then like girls would come in and order their sub, and I would, I'm like, you want whatever they like wanted mustard, and I would write, you're cute in the oh mustard. My. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> or I'd put my phone number and then I'd put the bread on. <laughs> oh, you're not going to get the number now. There you go. Did you guys really have Mounties? Oh, yeah. N- well, yeah, but you don't see them. No. I, I mean, mean, they're, they're cops. Oh, okay. They, so they yeah. don't, they're yeah. not sitting around in horses and all that fucking weird they're shit. They're not like Dudley Do Right? No. <laughs> but when I got. Did my, you guys have Dudley Do Right up there? Yeah, of course yeah, we yeah. did. Okay, I didn't know if it was like something they just sent abroad. What I didn't know is that when, when, <laughs> I, when I first moved out to British Columbia for my first, uh, well, my second radio job, I didn't realize that they didn't have local police, that it was Mounties that were their police. Over here, Metagold. Yeah. How did he say I mean, that right there. Metagold. The, the, the Mounties are a, a real statement of white supremacy, though. They were essentially created to displace indigenous peoples. So when, if you go to the very beginning of the creation of the Mounties, it's a it's some bad shit. Yeah, it's some bad. I mean, it's the federal police. I guess there are they are FBI. I guess there are FBI, right? No, CSIS are our CIA, aren't they? Actually, I don't even know which one. Yeah, I think yeah, I think there are more like our FBI, our federal cops. We just had uh, um, you know LAPD, and that shit was crazy. I'll tell you, I'm okay. I, as a, as a white guy, as a white presenting ethnic, I can't even comprehend what you had to go through here because LAPD are scary to me and I've been fucked around by them and beat up by them but I can't even imagine what it would have been like in the 80s here you know what it was crazy but I never had any problems you know I was always I was raised you know you got to talk to people polite so when I used to and I got pulled over and I've been on the ground before many a times you know but I always knew how to talk to yeah that's how I think that's all it is it is it's how you respond to them yeah You'd be a smart ass. Of course they're going to rough yeah, oh, you up. You want, oh, yeah. You want to play this game? Okay. I knew how to do this. 
How are you, sir? Good afternoon. Did I do something wrong? What, would you like my driver's license? I would volunteer everything. But were you scared when you were going through that? Yeah, you know what? Because you heard other stories. You know, I was never abused by a cop. I'm gonna, let's just be very clear. However, I was told to sit on the curb. I, I got pulled out the car one time and I was wearing all white, I remember this, and they told me to get face down in the, in the street. And I said, well, you know, with all due respect, so is that necessary? <laughs> I mean, really get down on the ground. I, I've got all white. He says, hey, look, I'm doing my job. Get on the ground. I did it. I get back in the car. There was, I, I did nothing, yeah. right? And he says, he looks at my license and he goes, oh, and by the way, happy birthday, Mr. Evans. I was like, this motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> but the sheriffs were just as bad yeah. as the LAPD. Well, CHP is worse, I think. Yeah. Yeah. The CHP and the LAPD don't get along. Mm -mm. I, I found that. I didn't know that was a... No, they don't like each other. I didn't know I, that, it's, yeah. That's such a weird thing to me. I was like, I thought cops were cops. I didn't know there was... I, I've had way better experiences with CHP than I have with LAPD. LAPD, I've been... I have had no bad, bad experiences with either of them, yeah. Yeah. to be honest with you. I but I always sure. give them the big eyes and the... I, I, I never question what they're telling me. So Did I'm you know so, you were speeding? I mean, I knew I was going fast, but I was not aware of how fast that's, I was going. That's what yeah. I do. I always, I, I, I always let them be right. You're right. Yep, I do the same I don't thing. fucking challenge them. I came off the, uh, the 101 to the 405 here on my motorcycle, and I was just trying out this new race bike, and I just thought, fuck it, I'm just going to see how fast this thing goes. So I was going, and I was going fast, and I come off the on-ramp, or, or like the transition to the 405, and I'm moving. I don't know how fast. Maybe I'm going 100 in, I don't know, 20 miles an hour, 130 miles an hour, something like that on the motorcycle, just fucking whop down the highway. And I see a CHP on a motorcycle in front of me. So I eat the brakes. I don't want to pass them, right? If I pass them, I'm going to get, I'm losing the bike. I was going so fast. So I just eat the fucking brakes and I pull up essentially beside him in my lane. I don't pass him. So he doesn't know how fast I'm going. So I'm riding and I look over at him and I nod and he nods at me. And then he looks at me and he says, go, yeah. like I'll let you go. And I went, yeah. And I said, yeah, okay. So I hit the throttle just a bit. I take off. Woo, 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 turns the lights on. So now my helmet wasn't even on properly at the time. So I cracked my helmet off my face. And I go, what the fuck? Now we're moving down the 405 to the cop. And the cop looks over and he says, I said, go. He wanted me to fly away. And I went, okay. And I cracked the throttle. Shot away from the cop, and I can see him just give me the thumbs up. Oh, that's dope. You just oh. give me the thumbs up in yeah. the rear of your mirror. That's that's the only time I felt that safe around CHP, though, was on the 405 on the bike. Yeah, that wouldn't have happened yeah. to me. It would have been, been, been a different story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, that, that was white privilege. I get that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, That yeah. was white privilege yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah, but you're kind of brown. You're not that white. No, I'm not. Physically. I mean, my dad's from Egypt. Yeah, definitely. But I present white to. Um, yeah, no, you know, I get yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. But no, I got lucky that time. Yeah. But I got pulled over in Hollywood and, and she had some questions for me. And I was I was very polite for about 20 minutes and then I wasn't anymore. And then I was on the ground. I moved to the Valley. I don't have any problems with the cops anymore. No? None. I get pulled over. I did something. <laughs> <laughs> I, straight I, same up. with me. I'm like, I, I probably did it. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I don't have any problems. You know, when you, when you shameless plug, when you drive a, a more expensive car, yeah. you would like, think. Like, say your name's Bentley. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Name after an expensive car. <laughs> Absolutely, and then and then you acquire and one. And his son Rolls Royce. Yes. Um. <laughs> and then you know, so so you drive and the po police get behind you. You're like, they're gonna pull me over, and they just drive around on bottom, go like this. The perks, I like it. Like yeah. It, yeah, yeah. Oh, my greatest cop story was in South Africa. Right. Oh man. We're in uh, we're in Joburg, 
And there's this guy, he was our international agent and he was driving the car. So it looks like he's driving about or a bunch of NBA players around. We're rolling through Joburg and we pull into our, our hotel and the police pull us over. And this, this black guy gets off his, you know, gets out of his car. He, he walks up, he goes license and registration. And the guy that I'm with is white, South African Italian. Right. And so he gives him, he gives him his license. He's like, what is the meaning of this? What is, well, I don't understand the meaning. And so the cop goes, you've been drinking? He goes, well, you know, well, I've, I've had one, one glass of wine and I'm in the backseat going, no, no, you haven't. You haven't drank no, here. nothing, nothing. <laughs> yeah. And so the cop goes, get out of the car. And so I'm in the back going, hey man, don't worry about it. We'll call the Italian consulate for you, you know. To get oh. you. And, he, and the, the guy goes, he looks in the car and he looks at me and he goes, get out of the car. And my wife's in the car too. She goes, don't get out of the car. I said, are you crazy? A cop's telling me to get out. I'm getting out. Yeah. So I get out of the car and he goes, walk with me. So we walk to the back of the car and he goes, what the fuck are you doing with this guy? It was the, it was the, ex it was the exact opposite of what would happen here because he was right. black, right? And he goes, he goes, who the fuck is that guy? I go, he's my agent. He goes, are you a basketball player or something? I said, no, no, my agent for, we're trying to sell some TV stuff here, right? And he goes, well, you know, next time you're in South Africa, you should take the Uber because I'm taking your friend to jail. And I was going, man, don't take him to jail, man. He was like, I got to take him. To it was like some crazy backwards Whoa. shit that would happen here in America <laughs> if I was white. And he goes, I got to take him to jail. And I said, man, we're leaving South Africa tomorrow. He goes, you are, but he's not. So I said, man, can we, what, what, what do we have to do? Can I, can I give you some money? He goes, oh, you want to pay the bell? I said, yeah. He goes, all right, reach your hands down in the, in the trunk of the car. He opens the trunk and he says, now take the money out, put it down in the trunk. And he counts out this money. He goes, hey man, you can't be rolling around with these white guys out here, man. Shit, you're a target. Catch Uber next time. And he lets us go. I had to give this guy like 500 US. What? Yeah. That's wild. Wow. Yeah, it was, it was the wildest shit because my man was scared. He was sniveling and I was laughing so hard. I was going, Edward, you going to jail. You know that, right? I am not going to jail. I have done nothing. And you're I, in some <laughs> alternate reality where you're like, I cannot yeah. believe this I is couldn't, not LA. I saw white privilege go bad. Yo, I thought I was getting, I thought he was going to take me to the back of the car and shoot me or some <laughs> shit, right? And he was like this. What's up? What's, who's that guy you're riding? Now? I'm like, what? Oh, man. <laughs> it, was it, was, it was crazy, man. After the setbacks of last year, it feels so good to be doing shows and selling merch again. And if you sell stuff too, and you're selling it online, that means a lot of orders are coming in and a lot of orders you'll need to ship out fast. And with so many people relying on online shipping, avoiding shipping hiccups is a must. That's why online sellers like you need ShipStation. No matter how much you sell, ShipStation makes it super easy to manage and ship all your orders from all your sales channels faster, cheaper, and more efficiently. With ShipStation, you can import orders from any sales channel, ship with any carrier, and automate just about any shipping task. Basically, ShipStation will do all the heavy shipping for you, and that is what I love most about it, because I don't want to have to think too much about shipping. That is some tedious ship. You'll even get access to discounts with major carriers, including UPS, FedEx, and USPS. ShipStation makes it possible for small businesses to access the same rates usually reserved for Fortune 500 companies without the contracts or commitments. And that's some good ship. So if you're selling stuff and shipping it, ship more in less time. Just use my offer code PETERS, all caps, to get a 60-day free trial. 
That's two months free of no-hassle, stress-free shipping. Just go to ShipStation.com, click on the microphone at the top of the page, and type in PETERS in all caps. That's ShipStation.com, enter code PETERS. That's ShipStation.com, enter offer code PETERS. Make ship happen! Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. I was reading that you had like a funny sign off when you were with your first TV show about funny sign or like a, a sign on or something. I what, never got to hear the, it, but it was about like you being like that you were Canada's music? boyfriend. Oh yeah. So I used to, I used to introduce myself on the air as your boyfriend. Yeah. Every night. Yeah. Well, you know, and how it's actually kind of uh, timely how it happened when I was working at much music, which was like MTV at the time we, um, I was doing the news. So I was reporting on stories that's happening in the music business, but it was in that era where a lot of the pop stars and the pop culture entertainment television started to change. And I kept being asked to do stories about who random pop star was dating. And I was, I didn't, I was, I didn't feel comfortable with it. I also thought it was kind of bullshit. And, you know, and I was still in that and still am. I listened to the kind of music where I respect artists. And so I want this to be about the artist. And they were like, no, you know, people care about the girlfriend, the boyfriend. And I was like, fuck that. I don't want to talk about Britney Spears' boyfriend. And it was about Britney Spears' boyfriend. And I said, I remember saying this to somebody. Do you notice we only ever talk about who the girls are dating? We never really talk about who all the guys are dating. I said, it just doesn't seem right that we're doing this. Like, no, people want to hear about Britney's boyfriend. So I went on the air going, fuck it. I'm your boyfriend. And that's how I started doing it. And then when I left uh, Much Music, I went to do a talk show. I just said on the air as a kind of a joke, I'm your boyfriend, George is a holdover, never thinking I was going to keep doing it. But I got a letter from somebody in the audience who said, please don't, is a guy, he said, please don't call me your boyfriend because I don't call yourself my boyfriend because it confuses me. 
And I remember thinking, no, fuck it. I'm going to keep doing it. So I just started doing some it. Some guy it got just, confused by it? it. Just some guy got confused by it even when I called it boyfriend. And I was like, well, no, listen, now, clearly there's some weird kind of, I don't know what you're going through, if that's homophobia, but I'm going to do it anyway. So I just didn't like the way that, that's how I started calling myself your boyfriend. And then it stuck because uh, it was CBC. So a lot of older people were watching. I don't so, remember this. Yeah, that's why I used to do it. And these like 90 year old women would be like, you're my boyfriend. And so it just became the thing. And I was happy to do it. It was, it was kind of cute. It was an icebreaker. Yeah. And so Brittany was the first, she was the inspiration Brittany for that. Brittany was. It's Britney, bitch. Yeah, yeah, Britney was the well, inspiration. Well, did you guys watch that? The, the no, but the New York use, Times. Um, they used one of my interviews yeah. in that. They used an interview I did with her, part of it, and they kind of take it out of context. But I just ran a clip of it because I was trying to warn Britney back then. It, it's sort of. If you listen to the clip, I was asking her, like, "Do you have people around you that are protecting you?" And she's like, "My family, my family." I felt badly for her, man. She was a kid, kind of a shell of a person in the way she was treated. Yeah. And the media were horrific. Yeah, to they were her. terrible to her. Horrific to her. I that whole generation, they weren't very nice to. No, not at all. And 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 the media need to own up to this shit that they did. I made lots of jokes on the air that I probably wouldn't make today. But I when, it, when I sat down across these, I did. I never treated Britney like that. Never treated pop stars like that. I tried to avoid most pop stars in interviews because I didn't think you could do a real interview because yeah. they were all part of the fucking wheel. And I thought that's go be with somebody else. That's not the game I want to play. But I the media were horrific. Well, that's why I think it's interesting that you said that, though, because like everyone was talking about how people would ask her questions when she was a teenager, like, oh, sir, you're still a virgin and you're, you know. Oh, my God. What the fuck are you worried about that? Yeah. I'm 12. Yes, I'm a virgin. Yeah. Yeah. Awful. Awful. And they don't. But that's the truth is entertainment media is. is shit. And it was shit then. And it's worse now. But it was mean then. At least now with social media, there is there are repercussions Mm -hmm. because now the audience can hold you accountable. Yeah. And you can also somewhat defend yourself. Yeah. Yeah. If you're misrepresented. Yeah. Yeah. But if you're being attacked, you can't, there's no recourse for you. No, no. And Britney was treated awfully by people. But again, I don't have, I didn't have a lot of time for pop stars because I I thought they were courting this bullshit game. And if you play the bullshit game, you can't be mad when the bullshit game hits you, but she was a kid. And so the responsibility was not on her. It was on the people around her. She was a Disney kid too. Yeah, yeah. it wasn't fair. It was. It was. She was treated terribly. Treated terribly. But um. But, but you had. To, I I knew Miley Cyrus was going to go the way she went. When I saw her as a kid on what iCarly or whatever it was. No, she was Hannah Montana. Hannah Montana. Whatever it was, fucking. I don't know. I don't watch that shit. But iCarly was better. I mean, she was. Miley was better protected. I think. Yeah. Well, you knew she was going to go that way because her dad was a big star. Yeah. Yeah. Her dad was a good guy. I, yeah. I never met him. Billy Ray's a good guy. I know he was in Toronto a lot. Yeah, yeah, he was, and he was a he was a he was a really nice, generous. The thing he did with Lil, Lil Nas X—that's no small thing. That's a big thing. That's a yeah. big thing. What he did for Lil Nas X. Yeah, and 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 Billy Ray is pretty rad. Yeah, but we, yeah, the thing about much music was much music didn't always get it right, but it was still there was an era where we actually really cared about making sure the artists were good. We didn't want. We thought being a good human came first again we did that's a canadian thing yeah we didn't always get it right though like a lot of times shit got wrong for sure when you look back i think we've deteriorated in over there into into what because the media everything we didn't like we became yeah usually canada's about 10 years behind the u.s in terms of its uh, its trends usually Um, i think they're now maybe two yeah it's accelerated it's two years now it really has i always heard canada was like the nicest place the nicest people the cleanest I place i don't know about that i mean it's definitely clean but we're polite yeah we're polite yeah. but i don't know about the nice part i i don't right. buy that yeah 
I mean, we're de- we're genuinely nice people, yeah. but and where Russ and I are from, that's the thing about, and I and I think America goes through the, the United States goes through this as well. Where we're from, the rest of Canada is not like where we're from, and where the rest of Canada is, every part is pretty different. Mm-hmm. But we're from this really multicultural west yeah. side of our city. It just it was a very unique place. We weren't yeah. far from the city. Yeah, yeah, but yet we were far enough. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, can you guys tell me what Carabana's like? I heard no, the story. Used to be. Yeah. It was the yeah. best, was the best weekend the in the city. Shit. The best in the city. Yeah. yeah. It used to be the best. It was incredible. <laughs> it's, it was really incredible until people started shooting at it. And somebody got run over by one of the trucks one year. Oh, wow. <laughs> but you'd be I don't know why I'm laughing at that. I don't mean to laugh at that, but like it changed it all like they the parade route used to be on university that yeah. was so much fun You'd be on the i don't even like calypso when i would every go every artist and, would come up every artist would come oh up yeah just to have a good time like caravan was amazing i'd never been to carnival in london have you ever been to that in london in uh, nottingham yeah notting hill carnival i've never been to that i never i i went i think i went like on the day before the day yeah. after or something everybody was like oh you don't want to go it's dangerous so i was like oh okay and i went to i went to some parties from it and i remember when kiss fm this was like in 1990 when Kiss FM it used to be a pirate station. Then they had gone yeah. legit, yeah. and they had like this big party in a, it might have been in one of those parks, like in Notting Hill Park or something like that. And LL performed, and that's wow. when Mama said "Knock You Out" was out. And I was like, "Holy shit!" I'm watching LL here in London, and it was pretty dope. Oh, amazing! Oh yeah. And I was like, "How'd they get him?" Did you listen to BLK? Of course I did. When we were kids, so we WBLK was a, a station at a Buffalo. Yeah, uh-huh. it was WBLK. I think you can figure out what station it was. Yeah. I wonder what that means. Yeah. BLK. It was K ninety four. It was amazing because we, we, you know there were no radio stations in Toronto. I mean, radio stations weren't playing hip hop in Toronto until well into the nineties. Well, mm-hmm. no, we had the uh, the underground, like the yeah, the, yeah, the, Co- like, the yeah. college radio stations were yeah. really keeping it alive. Yeah, yeah. but like mainstream yeah. wasn't doing it. But BLK is what we would hear, and that was like the music was fucking incredible. Hmm. And because of where we lived, we lived out of range from the one college station that was like ckln 88.1 yeah they were the ones pl- on saturday ron nelson this guy had this hip-hop show from one till four every saturday but where we lived you couldn't pick it up on 88.1 so if you took the unscrewed the cable from the tv and taped it to the antenna you'd pick it up on 93.5 yeah, or 93.7 yeah. we could listen to the american stations at night but when the sun came up we would lose the signal and the interference would come in. So late at night, you could put on and catch the U.S. stations. And and also, you know, in our neighborhood, a lot, I don't know, Brampton, but in Malton, um, a lot of guys had cousins in Philadelphia or in uh, New York. Yeah, so, I would have. Uh, so my, tapes my, would come up that yep. way. He'd be like, oh, you going to New York? Yo, record the radio for me while yeah, you're there? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's when I first heard, go see the doctor. Ah. Go, go see, see the, the doctor. doctor. And I, I don't, I think it might have been Red Alert who was cutting it up that night. Back and forth, and I was like, yo, I got this. It must have been 85, 86 when that happened. Uh, 86, because I remember this girl, this white girl from school was going, I'm going to New York, anybody wanting? I go, can you give me a Kangle and record the radio for me? We couldn't get certain shit out there. Couldn't get it. Like, we couldn't get the the, the, the Clyde Pumas. Yeah. The suede ones. Yeah. Like, they were really hard to find back then. I remember the first day a guy in our neighborhood had the first Jordans. I almost wore my Jordan ones, my OGs here today. But I the very first yeah, yeah I got the I got the OGs the eighty fives and yeah. I was gonna wear them up the red and blacks the red and blacks and I remember the first time somebody had them people were like we would go to our front door to look outside to watch a guy walk down the street with the George he had the full suit like, that guy Billy had the oh, Pumas when I saw him I was like <laughs> yo how do you get the Pumas so you said there's no heaven right both of you guys said that there's no heaven so I think I've asked Russell this before so do you think that 
when it's over, it's just over. Yeah. Nothing that's else. That's it. Yeah. Why should there be something? Else? I don't know. I think because it's a, we want there to be course, something. Of else. Of course we do. That's that's the only reason we made it up. Well, here's what I think. I think that I think that your energy will live on, right? Yeah. But I don't, but I don't think your energy is conscious, and I don't. I think consciousness is a is a human creation, right? Through evolution and adaptation. So the so our energy will stay in this biosphere. It'll as it always has been, but I don't think we'll know it. I think you know the I don't like I would think it would be dope if something else happened. Yeah. But I think when the lights go out, the it's lights not that go we out. don't want anything to yeah, happen. But sure. Yeah. We're more realistic about it, like. But I think that the energy kind of goes and does its thing. There's yeah. absolutely zero know? proof for any of it. Like so, not so even a little bit of proof. What about what? Okay, so what about ghosts and what about? Uh, I was just gonna say ghosts. Okay, yeah. So yeah. I live in a house that people think is haunted right now, and there's some weird shit that happens in my house all the time. And someone that I was doing a live stream, and somebody asked me, "Are you afraid?" And I said, "I'm not afraid because only two things can happen: nothing or fucking everything." Yeah. And if if it's nothing, cool. Then it's on brand with where I'm at. Right. But if there are ghosts and something does happen everything's different in my mind right, right. now there's yeah. another fuck i'm here for that yeah I, i'm here for that if that's yeah. real i i think yeah. that if 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 it does exist they don't they choose not to show themselves to me because i've i've got people all around me go man you crazy you don't believe in go man i'm telling you my aunt came so i go oh yeah your aunt came to visit you is that right so what <laughs> what was your aunt wearing mm-hmm. well she had on this gown i saw oh, so her ghost i saw her gown had a ghost too yeah yeah you're right yeah. because if, if it was a ghost she would be naked that's right because oh, come on now I mean, just think about that for a second. How was Auntie's titties? (laughs) (laughs) I just just imagine that one of the nice things about getting older is you look back at life and you just think, oh, most of this is bullshit anyway, right? When you get older, you just realize it's not worth fretting over shit. So if you're going to die, if there's another plane, if you're going to die and go to the next plane, you're going to really look back to the bullshit that was on this. No, you're on a fucking other level. You're not coming back here. Yeah. That's why I don't think that shit's happening here because if I... If I die and I suddenly get to live in another plane, I'm done with this place. Yeah. I'm on to the next adventure. Uh, yeah, I, 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 my, I have another theory where it's like, okay, let's just say there is something else. Let's look at it. This is a video game we're in. and uh, Level to level? Level to level. Yeah. That's interesting. You're out of this yeah. level, you move on to the next level. I can see that. That's interesting. Yeah, I can live with that. Yeah. Did you guys grow up religious? Both of you, Russell and I mean, George? My mother's a fundamentalist Christian. Okay. Hardcore. Hardcore. I was Catholic. We weren't like, it wasn't beaten over our head or nothing, but, you know, Christmas and Easter, we would have to go. And I would always, even as a kid in single digits, I would sit there going, something doesn't add up in this thing. You call them the CNEs, the Christmas and Easter's. My, yeah. The joke in my family was my mother used to be Catholic, then she found God. Like, that's how. That's hilarious. That's how religious my mom is. Yeah. But she's so religious, she doesn't even think she's religious. She's like, I don't have religion. This is just what I know to be true. But I'll say this about my mom. And your mom, his mom's a really sweet lady. Yeah, she's too. like, she is exactly what, when people criticize Christians, they want Christians to act more Christian. My mom is the embodiment of what you want people to act like. Like she is the, she quit her job as a nurse because she thought, this is in the 80s, because she thought doctors were over prescribing patients pills and she didn't feel comfortable with that. And she decided to no longer earn money except getting a paper route and shit like that. So she could just go work on behalf of people. So I will. I would come home from school and my bed was gone because my mom would give it away to a family <laughs> who needed it. Like my mom, that's her life. And to this day, she does that stuff. My mom's like the Christian. Right. Right. And then it drives her crazy that I listen to the music I listen to and I just can't have the. I just can't. Huh. I, just, I just don't believe in it. Right. Interesting. Yeah. But Interesting. Yeah, she's, were, were you religious? I mean, similar. It was like there was a time when I went, you know, like 
when I was a kid, I probably went to church and stuff more and whatever, but, um, but yeah, it turned into the same thing, but mother's day was in the mix too. It was like mother's day was a good time to go to church as well. I think my mom was just like, I can feel like I did something and then we can go to brunch. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like I had, I had cousins that were all churchy and it was always weird to me. I had to go to church all the time. I went to Bible camps and Christian camps in the oh. summertime, all that stuff. You know, I didn't have to go to church a lot. My mother, my mom didn't beat that down our throat. So it was like, you know, occasionally we went and then uh, my oldest sister got saved and then my my other sister got saved. And then it was, was like- falling out a window? Hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so- Bitch on fire or something? So then I, then I started going to church as a teenager because it was a social thing. Yeah. You know, it was pretty girls hanging out in the church and yeah. stuff. And so I got all into it, you know, for a little bit. I got saved. I did the whole thing. You did but, that? Oh, wow. Yeah, man, I did all that's that stuff. Hilarious. And so- They dipped in the water? Did you get the baptism? I got baptized, but they did it with the cross okay. with the water on the head. I didn't okay. get dunked. I okay. didn't do the dunk. I made my kids, I didn't make my kids do the dunk. My no. wife did. I was like this, they don't have to do that if they don't want to. I could, yeah. see, I could see his son doing it too. Oh, ma, I got all wet. <laughs> that's how my son talks. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Ben, Bentley too? Jr., oh my God, the kid's the most laid back talker you've oh, ever met in your life. Oh, hey, George. What's you can't even get mad at him. I'm like this. You didn't take the trash out like I asked you to last night. Man, I forgot. <laughs> you just go, all right. He's uh, figured it out. He's yeah, figured he, it he out. figured it out. Yeah. He figured it out. Respect. That's dope. Yeah. He got a tattoo. The first time I saw his tattoo, you know, of course, as a parent, mm-hmm. you flip out because even if you got tattoos, you still feel a little weird like, like when you're what the fuck you doing well because he's, he's making decisions now yeah, yeah, and right. i saw that tattoo and i said what the fuck did you do and he goes well you know i, I was in new orleans i said but why did you do it and he goes because i wanted it what could i say to that i said carry on Boy, that is so i mean what could you say what is it yeah um well he's got he's got his whole chest done now but he really yeah He's the most clean-cut looking kid you've ever seen. I can't even picture him with a tattoo. His chest is done. Good news is I've never seen your son without a shirt off. There you go. And I don't want to. Well, you might see him in your pool or something. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he'd wear a t-shirt. How old is he now? Uh, 21. What's his, uh, does he have a thing that he likes to do? What does he want? Well, he's acting. He's He's acting. Yeah. He hangs out here. I met him because his son hangs out at my house. Yeah. Okay, there you go. Yeah. So he's a a laid back kid. Did, did Did you offer any advice about the game because you know this business so well i think i did but i think uh he'll probably listen to somebody like russell before he'll listen to me because he'll feel like you know his dad trying to right. tell me and you know they want to stick right. their chest out like they did it but uh you know kids are kids are a trip they'll listen to other people before they listen to their parents because i think they just don't want to hear it from their parents well not to embarrass you but does your son recognize how important the work you made is that does he know your your place culturally i don't think he does my daughter i think does but i, mean, I, I don't well, think my son does martin and jamie fox as sitcoms yeah i mean that's that's groundbreaking shit. Yeah. Yeah, but you got to understand, these kids are born like 99. Yeah, right. I guess you're right. Yeah, they don't know what we knew. Like I had one of, uh, kid here, um, I'm working with this kid on building an app, right? Yeah. And uh, he's, I think, 20, how old is that, Zena? How old is that? Like 20, 25 or 24. Really good kid. Uh, his parents are from Nigeria. He's born in Texas and he's moved out here. He's six foot nine. He used to play basketball and he didn't want to do it. He just wanted to, be a web designer and right. get into the tech world. And I was like, I respect that. And he was asking me, he goes, hey, how, how good was Mike Tyson really as good as people say he was? <laughs> and I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> it's the greatest. Mike Tyson is the last benchmark. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Like there's not been a Mike Tyson since Mike Tyson. No. 
no. And I, I was like, are you serious? He goes, yeah, well, I mean, I heard. Uh, I go, just go watch his knockouts on YouTube. You'll, you'll understand. It's amazing. But think of this. So when we were like 15 years old, we got Jordan, Gretzky. Tyson. Tyson. We got, um, it, we, people forget Bo Jackson. Uh-huh. Two sport. Then comes primetime. Dion, like we had an era of athletes that are on another. People can't do that anymore. I met a two-sport athlete and be yeah. good in both sports. Yeah. yeah, no one's doing that. Yeah, there's no fucking Bo Jackson anymore. There's no Deion Sanders anymore. Can't no. do that. No, Bo knows. And we were kids when we got to see that. Well, we, we were yeah, so, man, that. it became it's. So we expected every athlete to be like that. Yeah. So I'm a few years older than both of you guys. I literally remember seeing Ali fight. Oh my goodness! Yeah. I remember watching Ali yeah, fight when I was a kid. End, yeah, it was a kid. It was, it was he was old by that. Point. Yeah, it was yeah. The late '70s when we were watching him. Like you know, it was like the Ken Norton days. You, and did all you that. see Jim Brown? Yeah, I saw. Well, no, no, I didn't see him play, but I actually uh, worked with Jim a couple of times. Oh, so I never saw him play. Just the just the you know the highlights and stuff like that. But I never saw it in person. I do remember Will Chamberlain playing though. Shit. I was in the kindergarten and he was playing for the Lakers. That's incredible. The high short era. The mythology, yep. man. Yeah, these guys were, I mean, these guys were everything. It's How also they stuff that much dick in high shorts? <laughs> I like to take this into the other direction, guys. I, uh, <laughs> well, you know, while we're celebrating him, let's not ignore the facts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> look look at that great. pose right there. How does it not just fall out? <laughs> hey, do you think that he really slept with 20,000 women? I mean, I mean, I do. I don't think how how is that humanly possible? Well, let's see. Let, do, do the math, Russ. Okay, you have to wait. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think you know. That's a big number. Those are big numbers, man. It's a big number. I'm, I'm just saying, no repeats. No, I'm gonna see you again on Tuesday. It was oh, all new chicks. 20, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 yeah. That that when he put that number out, I remember thinking, number one, don't brag about it. Is he still alive? Don't brag no, he about died. it. He mm. lived. He lived around here because I used to see him at the Ralphs all the time. You see Wilt? <laughs> yeah, I used to see Wilt push in the supermarket by That's himself. He picked up his his women <laughs> at the supermarket. <laughs> yeah. What are you doing? Picking up some chick chicks, Ch chickens. Picking up some chickens. Twenty thousand. Twenty thousand. Big numbers. Well, man. What did Gene Simmons say? Gene Simmons threw out a number. Yeah, right? he did. Something Gene similar. Simmons probably has a crazy high number he said too. It was a high number. But Gene Simmons, um, the challenge with Gene's, he said he used to always say he was un, he was happily unmarried for a long right. time, but that came to a head. Yeah. Oh right. yeah. Well, his she, wife yeah. put that to a stop. She did. Yeah. And now he's born again. Is he? No, I'm joking. No. Oh, I, don't know. <laughs> I was like, no, no, no. We <laughs> lost another he's, one. He's born in Israel. I don't think he could be born again. <laughs> Somehow that checked out to me. I was like, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Gene. Gene Simmons. I guess they were pretty good. I wasn't a big Kiss fan as a kid. Were you a Kiss? I fan? was a huge. Were you don't know that. I, I, I think I, I remember was a huge Kiss fan. I wasn't huge into them. I liked a few of the songs back in the day. I, I wasn't so much the music for me. The music, yes, but it was the whole thing. I was, you know, you got to understand, I, 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 my first record that I ever got, like real record that wasn't like a, a kid's record yeah. or something was, was Love Gun. Oh, nice. Yeah. Mine was Black Sabbath Paranoid, my first one. Too what good. year did that come out? So, oh, Paranoid came out in the 70s, but I got it later. I got it right. at a garage sale, a flea market a parking lot. Right. I got it in mine like 77 or Yeah, I got, I got this record at the Bramley City Center. I saw it and on the wall, and I said to my dad, I want that record. And he bought it for me. How and old were you? I was six going on seven. Yeah. Yeah, that's roughly the age I was when I got Paranoid. Do you remember your first one? Yeah, I think it was probably Jackson 5, Going Places album. Um, 
No. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Listen, listen. Amazing. No the, edge. Listen. The great So I mean, I think that we could all agree, maybe. Let's let's let me throw this out there. Was Michael Jackson the most recognizable face to ever walk to earth? Well, which face? Well, all of them. <laughs> so fabulous. What a fabulous joke. Fantastic. Oh my god. That's fabulous. I, I, I would say there are only two people in the world who never needed a passport. Yeah. And Michael wasn't one of them in my mind. That's right. Yeah. Muhammad Ali. Right. And Ali. The, and the Pope. Pope John well, Paul. Which Pope? Pope John Paul II. Him and Muhammad <laughs> Ali were the only two guys who I think could go anywhere without a passport. Right. Maybe Jacko was third. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. What if the Pope took off the hat and put on a, like a ball cap? Like he went <laughs> undercover? Yeah. I sometimes wonder if he ever did that. Snuck out for pizza, had a cigarette, something like that. Yeah. Because he would have, he, I mean, I was going to say, I wouldn't recognize him unless he was wearing his whole getup. The get papal up. outfit. Oh, John Paul II, you wouldn't, yeah? No. 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 Would you? No. Yeah, yes, I, you I was, I was I don't surprised think if, that was one of your picks, actually, because I was like, I don't, I can't think of that face. Oh, yeah. Pope John Paul could walk anywhere. That, I can like, see his yeah, face now, yeah. but I, I don't know that yeah. I would recognize him in like, a, a fedora. Well, in the era, when he, <laughs> when he was the Pope, like, that guy didn't need, not need a passport. The only other guy was Ali. I think Ali is the most famous person to ever walk the earth. You think so? I think so, yeah. Even with the little kids nowadays? Oh, that's you. You mean now? No, well, maybe not. Yeah. you're right. Yeah, this was good, guys. This is Thank fun. You. Wasn't this easy, Ben? It's fun, Thank man. Yorgo, thanks for having me, man. Thanks for thanks for doing it. Thanks, guys. I'm a fan. Man, thank you, man. Thank you. Anytime, man. We can anytime we yeah. can get together and talk shit. George, you have a new podcast, don't you? No, I have a radio show every day on Apple Music Hits. Oh, I every day, yeah, every day. Um, oh, you know, I found two to this. Four. I'm going to put you on to an artist. Yeah, I'll do it. Um, I found this. Uh, uh, I'm going to tell the story uh, first. We'll, this, we'll keep this in anyway. This is a true story. This actually happened a couple of weeks ago. And I was in Tampa. Um, I went back to my hotel room after my show. Don't judge me on this, Courtney. I, um, She's looking at you, though. <laughs> I went back to my room and I was like, you know what? I'm going to jerk off and go to sleep. Uh -huh. Now, guys don't jerk off because we're horny. We jerk off because it's the best way to get to sleep. It's better than Ambien and all that other stuff. It's like real simple. Knock it out and go to bed. Prostate you, health. There's lots. There's health considerations. Yeah, that's the real reason for my fifty. <laughs> so, but I'm not horny. So I get on Pornhub and I'm looking and I'm looking. And I'm like, no, I'm not horny. So I'm not getting motivated. But I'm on forty five minutes in yeah. looking, and I'm on page eighty seven. Well, you your bar is your bar is too high, right? If you need forty five minutes. Well, no, I'm just looking for something that's going to stimulate me. Like, right. Oh, that looks interesting. Oh you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, okay, finally, I settle in on this one thing. It's a woman solo masturbation scene. Yeah. She's intimate, empowered. amateur. I'm like, I'm solo. You're solo. Let's do this, right? right? Yeah, yeah. I like fairness. Yeah, that's yeah. it. It's important. Important. You got. You got to change your habits. Yeah. Right. So I'm like, all right. I put it on. The volume's on, and this is when my ADD kicks in because it's amateur. She doesn't have like porno music. She has real music playing in the background. Hilarious. So I hear this song playing in the back. I go, what is that song? <laughs> what is that and then the girl starts singing and i go oh shit she's got a great voice i was like is this adele is like a, an adele song i don't know and i'm like i don't know but it's really got a really powerful voice so i get my phone and i shazam my laptop mm -hmm. shazam can't find the songs i'm like god damn it so i have to rewind the porn turn the <laughs> volume up more incredible and and i'm listening for lyrics and i open another page so i can google the lyrics while i'm and I find this artist from Ireland. She's a blues singer named Kaz Hawkins. Mm -hmm. K-A-Z. Yeah. Hawkins. And incredible voice. So I find her. I buy her song. And then I listen to her album. I buy the whole album. And I'm like, wow. And I end up listening to the album and crying myself to sleep. 
<laughs> I just wish that when you bought the album, there was an option that says, "How did you hear about yeah, us?" Yeah, yeah. yeah, you could enter that in the I, dialogue box. I really box. want. I really want to message her and be like. By the way, oh interesting story how I found oh you. That's funny. Man. <laughs> That's funny. I'll listen to Kaz Hawkins. Kaz Hawkins. Thank That's you. Stain. Yeah. She's going to find out. Yeah. Kaz Hawkins, if you're listening. She's in Northern them. Ireland. Anyway, that's uh, today's episode of Culturally Cancelled <laughs> with myself, Russell Peters, my dear friend, George Strombolopoulos, and my youngest daughter, Bentley Evans Sr. <laughs> yes. Um, thanks, fellas, for taking the time and hanging out. And, and Bentley, stick around and have another cigar with us. And uh, George, uh, let's have some vegan water or something. I'm down. We'll do it. And thanks, Court and Eddie. Thanks for Fucking Eddie. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Oh, uh, watch Dad Stop Embarrassing Me on Netflix on April 14th. April 14th. That. That's April the new 14th. show that I produced with Jamie Foxx. Right. Yes. Uh, Sitcom. Now, but he's not playing himself? He is playing himself. playing himself. Well, no, he's playing a character named Brian. Okay. But uh, but it's fun. It's old sitcom. Yeah. We just kind of went back, multicam sitcom. I don't know why he wanted to do it, but he did. And he called me and I gladly took the checks. Dad Stop Embarrassing Me. Dad Stop Embarrassing Me. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of Culturally Cancelled. If you want to see me live anywhere, you can go check out russellpeters.com and see where I'm at. If you don't want to see me or talk to me, uh, just listen to me on my podcast. Um, I'll be here. You'll be here. I won't know you're here, but I'm, I'm hoping you're here. Anyway, check me out. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.